it was almost like a pro wrestling moment where like the rock comes back or something like that you know what i mean like it was such yeah. a huge like crowd event that it's just so fucking awesome to hear it played back again with the same crowd pops basically that were yeah. like in the theater with me that, that was fun so because like i i'm sure no matter what theater you were in for that that you know big moment in endgame the big reveals oh, and everything God. like the moments that had those big reactions would have all been you know exactly the exactly same. the same oh it was exactly the same in the theater i saw it in because we all saw it in separate theaters right we didn't see it you were no, still in it no, yeah, we didn't, yeah we didn't see it together i, I saw, that one I saw it I think I saw it like the day after it um, came out or whatever in Atlanta. I think I was like the first fucking screaming I could get into. <laughs> I went and saw it. I was dying. Like by the time Endgame, especially like Infinity War was like, okay, I probably, probably waited like to that day. Yeah. But like Endgame, I was like, fuck, just put it in my goddamn eyes already. Like, I just need it now. Yeah. I need it now. Just uh, plug it directly into my brain, Matrix style. Fucking please do. Oh my God. <laughs> what? We're not oh, talking about that movie tonight. <laughs> we didn't we talk not? about can that movie. Talk, can we talk about Endgame again instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to do your Batman shit. Now it's my turn. <laughs> oh. Well, like in 10 years, we'll do the fucking Marvel movies again. I'm like, remember how good that was? It's so much better than anything else. <laughs> no, that is not talking about what we're talking about tonight. But yes, we're talking about something we're doing a, a, a revisit this time kind of but we'll get to that later uh welcome back listeners to dance robot dance this is our 238th episode of our weekly podcast where we discuss all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe for work point of view i am tim i'm hosting tonight i am coming to you from toronto ontario and with me i have my partner in crime mark from saint Catherine. Yeah, I just really enjoying being in Niagara right now. All the scumbag <laughs> cops on the streets and like, you know, I, I mean, they're I everywhere. But no, it's funny because like there's, the joke that I always have is like there's a couple years ago there was a an article that came out of like Toronto Star, the National Post, something like that. It was like it ranked the corruption levels of all the police departments in Canada hmm. based on like, you know, uh, officers getting whatever accused and or charged with certain things. And uh, Niagara uh, was number one. Oof. Yeah, it beat Toronto, it beat Vancouver, Montreal, <laughs> the OPP, and the RCMP to be considered the most corrupt police force in Canada right now. Wow. Go Niagara. Yeah, man, Niagara's just fucking rocking and roll. I can't wait to get the fuck back out of here. I <laughs> just can't fucking wait. Anyway. So we'll get into the news. Uh, there was It was a pretty fucking eventful week. Busy fucking week <laughs> this week, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't me who had to like, do the hosting and like cutting all those <laughs> news together because I'd have been like, ah, there's a, we only have space for one sexual harassment story this week, <laughs> yeah, not <no>. 58. <laughs> well, let's get the worst news, I would say, out of the way first, which is that Christopher Plummer, one of the most celebrated actors of his generation passed away um at age of 91 canadian actor i should say and uh did was not just did we not talk about this last week i thought it happened after... nope no oh, no it okay. was on yeah it was the day after we recorded last week okay yeah well kapla general chang on yeah your journey to the undiscovered country exactly so... i mean that's that's what most nerds will probably know him yeah. from but i mean there's Best known role was as Captain Von Trapp in Sound of Music. Meh. Mediocre film at best. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, had a massive, massive uh, career. Um, he's in 12 Monkeys as well. Oh, yeah. 12 Monkeys yeah. is a classic. Absolutely. Underrated movie, too. And, uh, and he also did a bunch of theater. Uh, and I actually had got to see him at Stratford probably 15 years ago or something like that at that point um, with my mother. And I'm pretty sure it was King Lear. Uh, and I just remember him having just a... A very 
you know, a massive sort of stage presence. You know, he's kind of just one of those larger than life kind of guys. Yeah. He had that large ham presence that, yeah. uh, that works really well in Shakespeare and Star Trek for some reason. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Klingons that recite Shakespeare. And specifically Klingons that, you know, recite Shakespeare. I, I mean, when he passed away, I shouted some Klingon phrases at my, my poster Shatner, you know, yeah, just to, you know, get that general Chang energy going on. But yeah. 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 Sad. Uh, I think the second or or maybe the biggest thing that happened in the past week that was actually something that happened on a show or on, on uh, a piece of media rather than kind of surrounding a piece of media uh, <laughs> was uh, the last episode of WandaVision, which kind of broke the Internet's brain. Oh, my God. It still breaks my brain. I still don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm going to do with that. Like, I have no idea. I mean, the episode itself, uh, spoiler for anybody that hasn't watched it yet, but really you should be fucking watching this shit week to week if, if you, if you possibly can, but you know, shit's sort of starting to blow up and vision is starting to figure out that there's something very wrong with the whole, uh, spoilers also, by the way, like, I I don't know. Okay. I just want to make sure. Cause like, this is the kind of shit we don't want to be spoiling for people. This is like, this is like from God's fucking mouth to our ears. You know what I mean? This shit's so (laughs) fucking good. This Marvel stuff. Oh yeah. No bias. The, yeah, no the, bias. <laughs> I mean, I'm a DC boy and this was huge. Yeah. So the biggest kind of thing that happened on the episode was at the very end of it, Vision and Wanda are having kind of a conversation about her brother. And, you know, she starts talking about missing Pietro and stuff like that. And then there's a knock on the door. And then we she goes and answers the door and we see somebody from the back that has like silver hair and everybody's like oh my god she brought pietro back from the dead or made like a new version of him or some shit then we see him for the front and it's actually evan peters the fox x-men quicksilver x-men yeah x-men first class uh, era quicksilver that's been in the last the what last like three uh days of futures past apocalypse and in first class in. Yeah, oh. it was in first class oh, okay but that yeah. that timeline anyways but yeah but um, it's that yeah it's the yeah. mcavoy fastbender timeline He's right right and so basically now we have potentially an opening to bring more of those fox x-men characters and and mutants in general into the marvel cinematic universe so my theory about this is that wanda We've already sort of learned here, it's been established that Wanda can't create anything out of nothing. She can manipulate shit. And so my theory here is that she was missing Pietro so much that she subconsciously pulled this version of Pietro from the from a different universe, basically. I mean, not unprecedented for her to do that kind of thing in the comics either. Like that has happened before where like they've used her to hop dimensions, pull things dimensionally. So like I'm not going to endorse your conspiracy <laughs> theory. But I don't like think it's wrong. I just yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. How yeah, I mean, we, like, we don't, I literally have no fucking clue. Like we could sit here and pretend to be writers for the next 300 years and decide how they're going to do this. Yeah. But like it's eventually going to come up to like Kevin Feige. just going to be like, this is how it's going to work. <laughs> and I'm only bringing him over because it was fun. We're not bringing everybody. <laughs> yeah, because I like my argument to it is just like I'm like, I kind of want fresh. You know what I mean? Like we've had 15, 20 years of these X-Men characters and the last batch of movies like I don't need any more remind. Like the fact that they brought him in, I was like, oh man, I don't really I, need to be reminded. Like, I wouldn't mind if they brought over that Nightcrawler, the kid, yeah, or Alan Cumming. 
because I'd take both. No, both. But the but the kid that played <laughs> Nightcrawler in yeah, no. uh, in in the first class timeline I, was pretty good. I mean, I, I take I take McAvoy and Fassbender for sure. Uh, uh, see, I'm up for debate on that because I'm like I liked them in those roles, and like I like like I like Sophie Turner's Jean Grey. I think mm-hmm. that's a good casting. Um, I like the kid who plays Beast. They all come with so much baggage now, with because like those movies were so hit or miss, They're so terrible. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like I would rather they just go fresh a lot of time. The problem is. Yeah, do you say like you don't want fucking Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of no. Like, I mean, they're, they're, those were the draws in those movies for sure. Like the, I mean, yeah. If you were a Jennifer Lawrence one. fan, yeah, it was yeah. definitely like Fassbender or whatever. Like, you know, she's not coming back. Although she might want that Marvel paycheck now. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, the nice thing here is because it's not like necessary. If if my like theory is correct and it's not like a full universe merge then they can be selective about what they bring across so they don't necessarily have to bring everything over they can you know we've got an excuse now to say wanda has started fucking like fucking with the barriers between universes and so now there's gap you know there's doorways for characters to come through and i mean that's probably how we're gonna fucking end up with deadpool in the marvel cinematic universe as well so my last question about this like my i, I mean I've, there's all kinds of questions about this but like it also like it started to ring in my head because like you start going into like deep lore like what kind of ramifications does this have that version of quicksilver is definitely magneto's son you know what i mean yeah and like the retcon of them being of uh wanda and pietro being uh magneto's, magneto's kids, kids is yeah. a retcon is a, like they weren't originally his kids they retcon that to be them like mm-hmm. later on kind of thing so if she's going to in universe retcon their parentage yeah to be magneto would be i'm like that's fucking like that's some weird comic booky shit that like i love kat denning's reaction when she sees on screen yeah she's like oh she she recast pietro let's be honest we love kat denning's reactions to fucking everything (laughs) on this show she's like basically us one of the best shows for sure yeah like she gets to say everything that we're thinking just hilariously and also she looks like kat denning's so (laughs) it doesn't hurt yeah so yeah keep fucking watching wandavision to be fair this cast is gorgeous also like i keep i always forget when these marvel movies come out i'm like wow everybody's just like yeah stunningly beautiful like paul bettany and elizabeth olsen and like all these wacky 70s outfits i'm like holy christ they're yeah, hot the, the woman they got playing monica rambo and everybody. oh my god and, yeah they're all next, and that next wave we are like this fucking close to next wave now <laughs> with monica rambo running around with powers give me that next wave movie guys come on <laughs> Nobody's ready for that movie. (laughs) (laughs) So in other Disney news, Gina Carano fucked around one too many times and is now found out. Yeah, so she's gone. Yeah. So Gina Carano, who's been posting all sorts of horse shit on her social media shit about fucking like transphobic shit and fucking anti-science, anti-mask shit. And yeah, so the the thing that kind of finally uh, broke the broke Disney's back was she posted some shit about how you basically equating uh, being a conservative today to being oh, yeah. a Jew in the fucking Holocaust. Yeah. And like, Jesus, goddamn Christ, talk about your false equivalencies. Did she not share any of that shit about the Jewish space laser that was starting the fires in California? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised. I'm honestly but... like, I don't even know how. Like, I have no idea how to talk about any of this shit anymore right now. Because it's like they start talking about shit that sounds like it's coming out of the fucking like a bad episode of the X Files, and I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> I like, <laughs> I read just... comic books and I'm having a hard time fucking wrapping my brain around the bullshit you guys are saying. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking. This shit makes like Warren Ellis plots look fucking like straight arrow and like you know what i mean like not complicated at all it's 
baffling. So, yeah. so, so now Lucasfilm has come out and said that uh, Gina Carano, basically they're, they're framing this as though like her contract was up and they're not going to renew it. Um, so she's not going to be back in season three of the Mandalorian. Um, if, if she was plant, there were rumors that she might be in the ranges of the new Republic or even that she might be getting her own uh, spinoff show. And now none of that is fucking happening. So bye Felicia. Yeah, basically we got even more as if we didn't have enough reason already to think that Joss Whedon is a terrible fucking person. Uh, but now a new wave of people talking about sh- bad shit that he did years ago uh, has sort of resurfaced or surfaced for the first time in some cases. So uh, Charisma Carpenter, who was on both Buffy and Angel, was the first one to come out and basically detailed some really fucking harsh shit that he was doing on set, you know, abusive shit, like, t- you know, fucking making cracks about her weight when she was pregnant and shit like that. And well, fuck that. Like he asked her if he was going to get rid of the baby. I was like, yeah, that's, that's fucking egregious. Like get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is what, like this irks me. Cause he's a guy I wanted to work with back then too. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those guys, like when he was writing, he was writing comics and I was like, fuck man, it'd be really cool to do like an X-Men run or whatever with mm-hmm. Joss Whedon at some point down the road. Now I'm like, if I got fucking assigned a book with Joss Whedon, I'd be like, no, I'm not working for Marvel. Thanks. Like I, I'd rather have my dignity at the end of the fucking day. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So. And, and basically she came out right out and said that she was part of the justice league investigation uh, involving Joss Whedon as well. Yeah. And the, the Ray Fisher allegations. Um, and she was interviewed for that and it sort of brought things to the surface and made her say, like, think like, man, I need to talk, speak out about this finally. And then Amber Benson who played Tara or Tara on later seasons yeah, yeah. of Buffy also had some shit to say about it and sort of backed her up. And then uh, Sarah Michelle Geller said something somewhat non-committal but basically said that she like stood with and supported yeah the the others that were coming out um and then uh, michelle trachtenberg also came out and had some shit to say as well so which is really gross because she was like 14 when she started on that show like i don't think she was even 18 when they started sexualizing her like crazy in season seven like, when yeah. they started like doing like the long ass shots and stuff on her i was like is she 18 yet i'm not yeah. even sure if she's 18 or not yet but yeah, I mean, I, this is this is shit. I mean, this one just surprises me that nothing seems to really stick permanently to Joss because like there was shit that came out, you know, about him being basically abusive to his wife. And then yeah. uh, I mean, there's been waves of this. And then this is kind of you know just the latest one. I don't see. The thing is, like, I haven't heard him. I mean, he got booted off that show. He's been see the, the my, numbers, my, yeah. yeah, my question is like he I feel like. And I don't want to start a fucking huge fight with like the whole world or you, but like it feels like Warner's doing a lot of harboring of these guys right now. Like, because we're hearing awful shit and it all always seems to be coming out of the Warner camp. Like, it's always like JK Rowling with Harry Potter, all the shit on the Justice League stuff and Joss Whedon, yeah. all the shit with George- Jeff Johns and Hamada and all this other stuff. It's always the Warner guys. Because remember all this stuff that came out with the Me Too movement? Uh, and most of it was centered around DC editorial, like get guys like Eddie Braganza and stuff like that. They were getting like ripped apart. Like, why are these guys all working under Warner Media's weirdly protective fucking cover? And then as soon as they leave, can't keep a job at Disney, can't keep a job anywhere else. Something's yeah. wrong at Warner, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Like the probably corporate corporate atmosphere or whatever you well, want to call it. And part of it could seems be to be like old, too old school still needs to be gutted and refreshed. I mean, there's been... stuff so shit lately that like who fucking cares? Like yeah. put out another <laughs> wonder woman movie that, that it's that fucking bad. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. Like this justice movie looks like fucking garbage. So <laughs> four hours of it. Oh, <laughs> 
anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's been some stuff coming to the Disney side. I mean, more of it has been like yeah. actresses and stuff, but or actors. But I mean, there was the whole James Gunn thing, although that I think was you know ultimately kind of ended up being blown in a proportion because it was yeah but see like disney reacts to that kind of stuff and they get get these fucking toxic cocksuckers out of my yeah. area whereas warner's like no 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 come work here you're a toxic piece of shit we'll give you suicide squad that's what it felt like especially yeah. now in retrospect where you're like wait are you fucking like you got fired for being a dick yeah. on twitter and then you give him a job the john lassiter shit too with uh that that was all under under disney and pixar so part of me wonders if it might be to some extent that Disney just keeps things under wrap better, maybe Possibly. like they, 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 they just have really fucking harsh NDAs. Cause like, I, you know, I know people that work on some of those um, Disney plus shows and shit like that. And it's, it's fucking rough, you know, like you shit. Oh no, I'm, I'm not arg- like arguing that at so, all. I just, I don't like, know. It, it always it's, seems that it's, all it's whenever, hard to know. These stories, whenever these stories come out, it always seems to link back to a Warner media production. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. thing eventually and it just seems like i don't not saying like these companies should be shut down or anything like that i'm just saying like maybe somebody at the top of warner should look at what their corporate culture is like because yeah. obviously there is a problem where you're constantly hiring these abusers and they're being outed i think that's fair like publicly and then you're having to like how are you going to make a harry potter show because they're making a harry potter tv show which we haven't talked about and like we're still going to pay jk rowling like yeah yeah that that's that a bad is... fucking look guys you know yeah. so yeah see going back to disney we got an announcement of who's going to be writing the blade movie starring Ershala ali uh, it is going to be stacy osekufur who is a black female writer who was one of the uh writers on hbo's watchmen which fuck if they can bring some of that energy over to blade then fuck yeah do that yep so yep I wanted to look at which episode she wrote, but I didn't get a chance to before uh, we did this. But yeah, not that it matters. Every fucking episode of Watchmen was, was like exquisitely yeah. perfectly written. So like, I'm assuming she can write a you know two hour Marvel script and yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah, so that makes her the the first black woman to write an MCU movie, which is cool, or a Marvel yep. movie period, which is uh, cool. And and Blade is a perfect uh, place for that to happen, I would say. So yeah, yeah, I'm um, psyched for that Blade movie. Oddly, for, like I like the Blade character, so like going back to it and like especially having it like mcuified i'm like yeah let's get to that shit now mm-hmm. please yeah so uh let's see we got uh announcements this is going back to warner again but in a better look i would say uh we got announcements of the who's going to play the two leads on hbo's last of a series so pedro pascal is going to play joel right the, yep. the male lead and then bella ramsey who played leanna mormont uh, the young Mormont that ends up the head of her house after all the fucking older like heirs to the throne are killed, uh, yeah. but was a fucking badass character. She's going to play Ellie. Yeah. Um, I don't know this game, but I mean, from what I've seen in terms of just side by side comparisons, it looks like pretty good casting physically. I mean, like he, Pedro Pascal is, if he can tone it down a little bit, uh, the last, I mean, if he's playing it more Mando than Max Lord, then we yeah. should be okay. <laughs> and then like this girl, I remember like I posted into our, group chat i was like immediately was like that girl's way too fucking young to be playing ellie and then i was like wait time moves linearly and they shot that <laughs> fucking game of thrones season like a decade ago so she's probably like 20 ish now she's 17 or 18 now yeah so she's like exactly the right age she looks like she's like she looks the part and i mean she's i don't know if she's got the chops all she really did in game of thrones was snark so it's not like you get to show <laughs> off your exquisite acting chops by you know saying the funniest line in a scene every time like she did it she was good at it she's hilarious yeah so 
she had good, good presence for her age, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Show, so, so that'll help, yeah. I think, for sure. She's gonna be doing a lot of heavy lifting, though. Like that's like a very like her character is very central to that story. So she's mm-hmm. gonna be all over that. And then if they do a sequel, she'll be the lead because like Last of Us Two is like all Ellie. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Ah, uh, cool though. Like, uh, Pedro Pascal just getting that fucking cheddar. You know what I mean? Good for him. Yeah, and maybe maybe they can finally fucking do like video game adaptations some better justice in a TV setting than in a fucking movie setting. I think The Last of Us story also lends itself quite nicely to this kind of treatment. So, like, I think mm-hmm. when you, we get you your PlayStation, we'll make you oh, fuck. The Last of Us. And another fucking notification, like, this past week, and it was, like, on, it was Best Buy or some shit like that. Yeah. And it was gone within, like, two minutes. It's like, yeah. fuck off. You're yeah. just teasing it'll, me. It'll be late spring before, like, anybody <laughs> normal gets one, I think, at this point. Like, I could, if I really started to fight, I could probably get one, but, like, I don't know. I don't have the fucking patience for it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, not I'm, that thirsty to pay exorbitant prices there's three fucking games that i want to play for i mean one of them is a spider-man game so i am kind of <laughs> like antsy about it but at the same time it's like it's not going anywhere you know so yeah. whatever speaking of video game adaptations uh this weird borderlands movie apparently cast jamie lee curtis who is also and we are i think we mentioned in the past that kate blanchett has been yeah. casting this thing and fucking eli roth and kevin hart are making the fucking thing and it's just it just sounds like a mess well to be fair borderlands is kind of like stylistically <laughs> a bit of a mess yeah. yeah it's a little insane so like i don't know i've i don't have enough experience with the games to really like comment on like what this could be or whatever but like if it's as entertaining as the bit of borderlands that i have played yeah like it should be pretty fucking batshit it's very like neon mad maxi though so i'm like just can we just get george miller to fucking make that mad max sequel instead yeah because i would please. like that I've been waiting so long for another one since Fury Road. Like, get your <laughs> shit together, man. Uh, you were saying you've been watching Winona Earp, right? I, I I've watched the first two seasons of it. Yeah, I like the the lead plays in Letterkenny. Oh right. Well, there's yeah. there's only two more seasons that you're yes. going to have to watch. Uh, yeah, we got a, we got another four. big cancellation too. Actually, this week, did you see the news about Brooklyn Nine Nine? I did. I saw it got recanceled. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be ending at the after season eight. So yeah, when we're that's sad, but like, I think they've got it wrapped up pretty well. It's a good show. I totally recommend like if you're into that kind of like schlocky B level, like supernatural. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Super, it's a very supernaturally kind of feeling show. So like, yeah, I like I, I liked it. I like her, though. She's hilarious on Letterkenny and she's great on this show and her the sister on the show is pretty good, too. So, right. you no, know, I liked it. And then, oh, shit, uh, it's Mrs. McMurray, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Mrs. Right. McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, what's her name? It's Melissa or Melanie Scarfano or something like that. I don't know. I drew her and she didn't like it. She was the only person in the cast that didn't like the drawing <laughs> I did of her. So fuck her. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Else, there, we are getting some announce, other announcements about new series, too. Dan Harmon, who we talk about a lot for community and Rick and Morty reasons, apparently doing a... New animated comedy set in ancient Greece that is going to be coming out on Fox next year, 2022. Just make more Rick and Morty. Don't fuck around <laughs> with other shit. I don't care about other stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll watch it because like, I like Dan Harmon, but <laughs> yeah. you know, just Rick and Morty. Like, Just make uh, all the Rick and Morty you get. I, I don't know how much more life Rick and Morty is going to have in it. Like, I don't want it to be one of those things that kind of ends up like like Family Guy or Simpsons or American Dad, where yeah, it just yeah, goes yeah. on forever and ever kind of thing. And, you know, kind of once in a while has a good episode kind of thing. Yeah. So 
Mm-hmm. I, I I don't disagree mm-hmm. with that sentiment, but I also like I don't they they haven't done a season yet where I'm like, oh yeah, there's mediocre yeah. shit in here. So like if they keep putting out solid seasons, it's not like Archer, right? Like where Archer just like went from like good to just fucking whatever. Yeah. Really fast. <laughs> if that happens, then yeah, I fucking pull the plug. But like right now, the last season of fucking Rick and Morty almost killed me from laughing so goddamn hard. So <laughs> But I feel like this might be a situation where he just needs something to kind of fill the time in between while Probably. he's making sure that he's got a really solid season of Rick and Morty to put out. And I mean, you know, it's not like he's writing the whole fucking thing. You know, he wants no. to give his writing room time to really fucking polish uh, those episodes because you know that is there's so much pressure on him from that from the fandom and uh, well I mean like perform, I so. mean community didn't like I'm, I'm assuming community didn't exactly like fill his coffers filled with like abundant <laughs> tons of cash but I bet you Rick and Morty has made him a very very wealthy man yeah true since then you know what I mean like the merchandising on that show has got to be through the fucking roof so yeah yeah see we were talking about Justice League earlier did you see the uh, the the reshoot Joker scene stills that were released this fucking movie I'm just like over it already <laughs> they put a teaser out for the trailer today like i hate the they're doing all the terrible shit the that fucking, we like it's the hype it, machine going overboard again and i what's well, but it's like the the mid-2000s hype machine remember when like we, we were even i think maybe at the beginning of the podcast we were kind of getting the end tail end of it where it was like teasers for trailers and stuff and we were like yeah what the fuck and everybody kind of stopped doing that for a little while and i guess now with covid it's like we gotta pump every little thing as much as possible <laughs> yeah we don't have a lot to pump anymore but at the same time you're pumping a re-edit of a movie that bombed like three years ago. So yeah. like maybe cool your fucking jets but guys that did have, you know, regardless of, of the quality of the people that were promoting, it did have a massive sort of movement to get this version of it made. So yeah, true. I don't know. I, I, just, like, I mean, I, I, I fans can suck it. I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I, this is to me basically, you know, the, it's exactly what they did the last time that they had Leto play the Joker with Suicide Squad. The fucking oh, yeah. hype machine ran way too hard on that movie. And then, I mean, it was going to fucking fall flat regardless, but it felt extra flat because people's expectations had were up so high for it because they were just they were pumping it up so fucking much. So I don't know. He's got long hair. Besides that, he looks more or less the same. I mean, I, I, I thought he looked like, oh, shit, who just played him? Joaquin, I thought he looked like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, basically. Yeah, a little. I can see a it. little bit with the, like, like the, the greasy hair and the greasy hair. Not yeah. like because it didn't like it didn't look greasy, stringy like Heath, like smeary. Yeah, it yeah, looked yeah. pretty clean, but still had that like whatever. I don't know, whatever. He looks ridiculous, and I hate Jared Leto, so that's fine. <laughs> and then like this teaser thing, like it's cool that they have Superman in the black suit, though. Like, that was neat. Yeah, yeah. But like, just fucking put it out. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> And we only have to deal with this hype for like another month or something oh, like that. Thank God. Comes out next month. And then we'll have to unfortunately review it, I guess. Oh my God. That's <laughs> going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so here we're going to report, review a four hour version of a movie that we hated the last time we watched it. <laughs> Sign me up, buddy. <laughs> and then the last couple things I had were there was announcements about two things that are getting like, new adaptations or reboots one which is a very or a pretty old thing we're getting a new version of the wizard of oz apparently um by another one of the people that worked on watchmen um nicole castle 
I just I'm so over. I, I've probably watched at least three or four different like adaptations, like later day adaptations of The Wizard of Oz at this point, and they're all fucking terrible. Do you remember that fucking one with Zoe Deschanel like ten or fifteen years ago as Tin Man? I know, really so wish, bad. I wish this was a video podcast because I'm nodding emphatically <laughs> along with you. Yeah, that was fucking the Tin Man. It was called Tin Man, right? It yeah, it's called um, Tin Man. Had Alan Cumming. It was Alan Cumming, but who played the Tin Man? It was that dude, Neil McDonough, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was Neil McDonough, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the reason why I watched that, and this is going to date me horribly, was because the Wicked Queen was played by Hamilton's Kathleen Robertson, who played Claire on 90210. <laughs> and it was like the uber alt girl of the 90s. Like she was my like high school, just like fascination, basically. She was thought because <laughs> she was on 90210 at the same time as Tiffany Thiessen started showing up. And like, I. Sweet Jesus, like uh, so hot, like just so hot. Both of them, so hot. Anyway, I'm being a total perv, but like, yeah, that's why I watched that. I like they're remaking The Exorcist, you know, like why bother? So, like, yeah, we're gonna get a fucking garbage Wizard of Oz remake. Did you see? Ah, shit, it came out while we were doing this show. Uh, James Franco was in it. Oz the Great and Powerful, that was it. No, I never did. I heard it was pretty fucking awful, too. What a fucking disaster that was i swear <laughs> to god the only one that they've done since the original that's any good is the return to oz and that's only because it's kind of a weird creepy Sequel, cult thing. Yeah. yeah so like go that way i guess if you're gonna do one, another one of these yeah but like why remake the original like the original still i mean well it's okay, just maybe, it like it's it doesn't one of, it's it's one of the you know greatest films of all time by any measure and ha- you know has a massive cultural impact like why would you even want to try and stack yourself up against that what the fuck is the point especially when there's a bunch more stories that oh uh, frank Bomber well the reason wrote. why they want to do it is probably so that they can now have like a uh, an oz universe an oz cinematic universe where they <laughs> make 20 movies right and they start with the new wizard of oz because that's the first book or whatever and then you just do all of them at that point so everybody thinks they're going to be able to do marvel dc couldn't even fucking do what marvel's done and they have basically the universe ready to go and everybody else has this fast this thing where they're like dark universe oz stuff we're gonna make universes out of all of it i'm like guys it worked for marvel because like it's marvel like they had the universe pre-established they took their time doing it it's not just you know whipping everything against the fucking wall and calling it a universe yeah you know like you can't just do this shit this one is actually warner as well and (sighs) of course it's it's new it's new line which is warner and uh they currently have the rights to the like 40s yeah the mgm wizard of oz so like they can actually use like shit like the ruby slippers that was made specifically for that but still not a good idea and just fucking make the shit that's original well unless they have like a really cool take on it you know what i mean like if it's some like crazy sci-fi buck rogers take on or something like that then okay maybe fly it that way but like we're just gonna do like ruby slippers yellow brick world witches and you know what i mean like munchkins and shit how are you yeah. gonna do munchkins now like how do you, do you just hire a bunch of kids i guess <laughs> i don't know because you can't hire little people anymore, no right? i don't think you can get so, away like, with that today. like i don't or, or you just you, you fucking lord of the rings it right you just make uh, <laughs> you just good, C- cgi everybody small i was gonna say just hire elijah wood because he still kind of <laughs> looks like yeah, a hobbit so just that and he's, he's not a tall dude no um, not at all <laughs> tim you could be a munchkin five seven I mean, compared, compared to me, you're a munchkin. Yeah. <laughs> most people were munchkin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then the the last one that I had, which just fucking boggles my mind, and now that I'm looking at it, is also fucking Warner. It's the CW. 
I'm telling uh, you. Do you remember the 4400 from yeah, like the show 15 that years ago? Like three years ago? No, like two, 2007 was when oh, it ended. Whatever. Yeah, I know they're rebuilt. They're rebooting it. Yeah, right? they're fucking yeah. rebooting that show as well. It was this weird show about like a bunch of people that get abducted and then come back with special powers and basically like fucking freak of the week episode it was it was a heroes knockoff it was a shitty x-men knockoff as well i mean what well, heroes was already a shitty x-men yeah. knockoff so like <laughs> uh yeah it's just a, like it's a heroes not so it's a copy of a copy of a copy that's a nine inch yeah. nails song actually yeah and i i think i'm pretty sure i watched the fucking thing the whole way through but um the original series but yeah it was not great but i mean it was yeah. a time when there wasn't much else fucking on so yeah I'm sure that well, there must have been enough on that I didn't fucking bother with it. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Like looking at this cast back, like this is one of the first things that uh, Marshal Ali did, yeah. and like a bunch of other pretty big names now. Like one of the one of the dudes from oh fuck, I'm blanking now on the name of the show, like Office Space, but with stoners. I can't fucking remember now. Oh well, not important. That was everything I had for news. And did I miss anything? No. All right. We <laughs> can move. I'm leaning way back while I wait for Tim to sort through his <laughs> information here. Uh, no. All right. We can move on to our Geek of the Week, which is the segment where we each discuss the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what is your Geek of the Week? Well, I, I probably should have talked about it last week, but I watched the Royal Rumble a couple weeks ago because it's like annual tradition to watch WWE's Royal Rumble because it's just kind of a fun event regardless because, you know, you don't know who's coming out and there's 40 guys or whatever, 30, 30 men and then 30 women in another match. But I drew one of the girls, one of the girls that came up from NXT named Rhea Ripley is just this like fantastic punk rock chick and just has like the best stage presence ever. So I was like, oh, I could do a quick illustration and I did it and it, it went way overboard <laughs> and then I posted it and her fucking fan base has been blowing me up. Like I've been getting WWE stands all over my fucking Instagram <laughs> for the last like two or three days because she re- reposted it and then like commented on my thing and tagged me and stuff like that. So I'm just getting blown up. The last couple of days have been like nonstop WWE fans nice. on my Instagram account giving me shit because most of the stuff that I've drawn so far has been from AEW. It's all because I watch the other mm-hmm. show. Like I watch the Wednesday night show, not WWE too much anymore. But yeah. I drew Rhea Ripley because like she looks super cool and she's a smoke show and. uh she like totally captivated me in the women's Royal Rumble. I was like, okay, this is fun. Was that the match? Was was it this match where or Royal Rumble where some one of the female wrestlers like injured her butthole? Oh, did you hear about Nia Jax this week? Yeah. Okay. No, that was, that was, that was on Raw on Monday night. Uh, I just I, see, I just I watched the updates and I saw that was a big story this week. Though, her butthole, her hole. Ow my hole! She screamed, "Ow my hole!" I watched the fucking segment. No, I saw the clip. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, she's terrible actually. Also, too like dangerous in the ring and stuff like she has a mm. horrible horrible history of injuring people and stuff but yeah it was fucking hilarious so then uh that happened and like as my instagram account was getting like bombarded with like wwe stands which was an interesting experience for me as an AEW, <laughs> like don't really watch <laughs> wwe guy anymore the star trek fan base hit me up on twitter for out of nowhere uh there's a like a, a women of star trek thing going on right now um, like on social media and stuff where like mm-hmm. artists are posting pieces of, you know, illustrations and paintings and shit of the women from Star Trek. And uh, I had just finished my Enterprise print like a couple weeks ago. I think I showed the guys like the the ink drawing mm-hmm. of it. And uh, they got in touch with me and were like, oh, we really like you, the prints you posted. Do you want to do a woman in Star Trek piece? And I was like, can I just like kit bash it out of the shit that I've already done? Because lots of yeah, you work otherwise. Yeah. 
I've got a ton of stuff already. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. We would love that. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. But uh, keep your eye out on social media for this woman in Star Trek shit. There's been some like really nice like paintings and stuff coming up of like somebody did a uh, Michelle Barrett like in her like both guises kind of thing, like Nurse Chapel mm-hmm. and whatever. It was just like just and then they also they also drew her as the voice. Well, the, the computer, computer the computer was in the background. So they actually did that. They did that. They put a little panel, bet- like put a table between them, and like nice. put one of the little L cars panels go. in there. And I was like, "That's good, dude." Like I actually commented, "I'm like, I like that you put the computer in there too." And the guy, like, the, actually it was a woman. I shouldn't say guy. The woman posted back, like, I couldn't resist. She had three like huge roles. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Plus that the role is the computer. She was in like that was her. Every- Exactly. That was her biggest or, or that was their biggest most contribution. time. Yeah, that she, yeah. she got on. I, I can't say screen time because she wasn't on screen. No, but like she was like she was the voice of the, the Federation Air computers time, from say. TNG through to the end of Voyager, basically. Right. Like it was always Metro Barrett's voice, yeah. who was the Federation computers and stuff. So uh, to the point where, like, I guess before she passed, she went in and did like a Siri-esque reading so they could use her voice in a Siri kind of context, like use it as a, like use a voice synthesizer. Or yeah. Use a voice synthesizer tone. in her tone to mm-hmm. continue to use her voice as the computer. If they wanted nice. to going forward, I was like, that's pretty cool. They should release that for the iPhone because I want fucking star Trek voices. Yeah. Like I want that computer. You know what I mean? To be my Siri voice. Cause yeah. Like how many, dream mean, come true. Yeah, how many star Trek fans have already, you know, set their like, their smart devices or whatever to respond to, you know, computer. <laughs> well, mine does. Like if I say, if I, I'm not going to say it because if I do, my phone will turn on. <laughs> like yeah, if I say, if I say that word, yeah, it'll, it, it does turn on. Yeah. Um, and I have most, I mean, my, my phone's like just Star Trek horrific. Like my warning tones or communicator beeps and shit like that. Like I'm just that fucking nerd. So <laughs> I used to, I used to have like that. I need to reset up some fun nerd, like ringtones or I mean, you, I leave my phone on vibrate most of the time, but like, yeah, my, my, my default tone is the TOS communicator double beep, like the beep, mm. beep, beep, beep. That's I used what to I have mine like all, uh, all like Mario themed, like the, uh, my cousin, uh, John's got the coins and stuff. Yeah, that, that's coin all no- his stuff, noises yeah. and the power, you know, the mushroom power ups and stuff Jumps, like that. And stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. He got, uh, fireballs were text messages and shit like yeah. that. Like the book, book, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So geek of the week was just like, I draw girls and things happen, I guess. So I'm just going <laughs> to not trying any more dicks. No more dicks. <laughs> Cool. My geek of the week, I I kind of did like an online DJ night sort of thing uh, that was pretty fun last weekend for some friends. So I've just been really missing kind of just connecting with people over music, you know, and, and I feel like everybody's kind of like burnt out on, you know, Zoom parties and calls and shit like that. And like just being on camera because so many people are having to do that for work and shit. And so this was just more, you know, there it was just basically... Nobody had to like be on microphone or on camera or anything. It was just I was streaming music for like five hours and people just like hung out and listened to what I was streaming and like talked in the chat. And like uh, so it was fun. It was like kind of uh, indie pop sort of dancey kind of music theme, which Mark hated. I had fun with some of it Uh, (laughs) by the time. I was gonna. I was just gonna make a joke. I'm like, here. Uh, while we're doing this, I have about a page of review notes for you. On your DJ set. <laughs> Eight Daft Punk songs is too many Daft Punk songs. In my DJ set, just so we're all clear. You do two. 
You can get away with two. Eight's too many. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. You were one of the only people that were there like the whole time, though, and I actually was, caught was all of those. Time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was me and Alicia were kind of in there the whole night. And so by the time you started well, I mean, repeating she, stuff. Yeah. She uh, wasn't even like streaming it. She was just had the window open so she could chat with yeah. everybody because like she was in the next room over the whole time and could hear the music I was playing because like yeah. because I wasn't like, you know, talking over it or whatever for the most part, I didn't have to, you know, listen to it no all. Headphones, yeah. And so. So yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's something I, I just did it with like a couple d- nights notice um, just to kind of fuck around with it. And the website that I was using is called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. But it's something, you know, that I think in the future I'll, I'd like to do more and, you know, schedule the streams maybe like a couple weeks in advance. More people can come and, you know, could do like theme nights like, you know, Mark. Well, the, the first sort of test stream that I did was just kind of Mark and I hanging out like sort of talking about mu- or, and me playing and us talking about like music for our episode last week on like obscure 90s artists yeah we basically kind of like tim was playing the music that we were listening we were going to talk about while we were sitting there chatting and whatever yeah so that was was, like i had a good time that night and i had a good time the next night even though you played a lot of repeat shit by the end (laughs) i was there all night so yeah it was fun i actually got a couple a couple of your people follow me on instagram after that too so yeah, and that was a cool thing too. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of cool people from kind of different circles and I always like kind of connecting those and, and it's something that, you know, would happen when we'd have parties in person and shit like that. But um, in this case, it was people from like, you know, fucking live in totally different parts of, of North America kind of thing that we're getting connected and shit. It's always kind of funny too when like, uh, you introduced me to like people in your circle like that I don't know yet versus like like going to Christie's wedding okay and this is the, the example I, I don't know why it made me think of this but like we go to Christie's wedding and she's introducing us like we, I, we used to do a podcast together and all we would get is blank stares at people who have no <laughs> yeah. idea that we did a podcast for Christie <laughs> or it's like if I'm so much as mentioned that I was your co- podcast co-host in to any of these people they're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know that they, they immediately they know me better than because they probably yeah. listen partially to the show. Yeah, they so always know they, that I do it and kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and a couple of them do listen. So you get those yeah. odd people who are like, start talking to me like they know me. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue who you are. You listen to my podcast. Like, yeah. It's ah! <laughs> a weird feeling. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, but no, it was fun. We sh- you should totally do more. And yeah, I think if I do, then um, I'll we'll do. I'll, we'll we'll share absolutely it on... schedule a dance robot dance one for sure. And yeah. then, like, if that goes well, maybe we can do a Mark DJ's night, and we can listen to some metal or something like that too. <laughs> Not just yeah, do sure. Tim's indie pop stuff. But... <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, we were talking about like doing like you know eighties nights, nineties nights, that yeah, kind of thing, yeah. or doing like classic rock, or like maybe like I've got a ton of like sort of chill like down tempo kind of music too that'd be fun to just chill out to, and maybe do an edible or something that kind of thing. And... Yeah, yeah, we'd be good it'd be fun to like even just do a radiohead night like just sit there and yeah. fucking spin radiohead records or something yeah like that. Well, you know i could do i could do like album album listen parties and yeah. shit like that on it too that kind of thing so yeah um so so yeah in the future you know i will definitely share some of those streams on the on our facebook page uh facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast so you know keep an eye there and i'll try and said give it enough uh notice that people can actually join so yeah yeah totally sometimes all right with that we can move on to our Meat of the episode! Telekinetic Kryptonian meat. That's still there. Although it's reduced significantly. It's it's significantly reduced. And, like, yeah, this cut's a lot cleaner about stupid powers than the other cut was. So, yeah. It's a lot leaner about a lot of stupid shit. A lot of stuff, yeah. So, So, as we talked about previously, I think this is the first time that we're doing this, that we are sort of sitting down and comparing two significantly different versions of the same movie 
Oh yeah. I mean, what, what other opportunity would we've had to do this? Like we're well, we're mean, gonna come up you know, on the we're coming up on Justice League, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean that there have been cases where, you know, we could have looked at like different cuts of I don't know, there's, there's Blade, Runner. Blade Runner or a- the Alien movies or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like all of them have like different cuts and stuff like that. We've never really done that. So here we're going to be comparing the Donner cut, quote unquote, of Superman 2, um, which came out in 2006 with the original, well, I guess we'll call it the Lester cut of Superman 2, which is uh, kind of half Donner, half Lester sort of thing. Well, actually, considering how much of that footage gets crossed, like ported across, more than fucking half like he used a lot of donner material apparently yeah because that was like donner's main edict into doing this is like he would not use any lester shot material so if he didn't use any lester shot material then he must have shot like 75 75 of this movie before he got fucking shit canned yeah (laughs) well i mean even i was reading a bit about the production of this and it sounds like there was a bunch of stuff that was like you know the alternate takes and shit like that as well and stuff and there were some scenes that were like totally reshot and that kind of thing or or had been shot by donner and then lester went back and reshot them or or shot different versions of them and shit and so well there's like pretty clearly a couple scenes that are like you would think we're exactly the same cut as the original, but when you go back and kind of watch them in detail, you're like, oh, this like is an alternate take. Different take. Yeah, yeah, it's a different take. Like, Terrence Stamp's not screaming as much or whatever. Like, like different camera things. angle or some shit. Or, yeah, yeah, even that's not that different a lot of the time. Like, the cameras were pretty similar, but it's more just like, yeah, like the scenes are extended or whatever, like a different way kind of yeah. thing. So, But yeah. there is a lot of different, like, additional content and shit like that and, and, and a lot of shit that's been cut out as well. So Yeah, and, like, the dialogue's better. Like, that's the main yeah. thing I noticed like the dialogues feel so much more much. natural in this like the, and much closer to the the first superman the original movie. yeah it feels more, they feel more of a kind which yeah. is very distracting when they get to the same ending basically yeah. but yeah so i mean and this is the donner cut in general is pretty interesting it just is sort of like an oddity in film right because yeah. like you don't often get the chance to go back and recut restore a movie especially one that you'd worked on like 35 years prior yeah, especially one that's like was finished by another director. Like this yeah. is why this like the Snyder thing is kind of like it's not unprecedented because of this. Basically, yeah, it's interesting that we're talking about this just on the eve of yeah, the Snyder cut happening because this is kind of the original Snyder cut. Like people were asking for the Donner cut of Superman two for decades, and it's something that he'd talked about in a lot of you know mm-hmm. the Richard Donner himself had talked about in a lot of interviews, and he'd gone back and forth apparently about yeah. saying like whether he actually wanted to do it or whether he didn't and that kind of thing, and so. Warner made the decision for him by backing up a dump truck full of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, and also because they were making Superman Returns, which, you know, basically extended on directly, was a, a, written as a direct sequel to Superman 2. Um, I guess you could take it kind of as a sequel to either version of Superman 2, but I think my, in my head, it's more a sequel to this version of Superman 2, even though there's something at the end of this fucking version of it that makes that impossible. We'll get to that. Yeah, that's true, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that, because it comes up a couple times. Like, when you get to the end, you're like, oh, yeah, you just, like, none of this movie, that movie didn't even happen, technically, except for to him yeah, now. You know what I mean? I so it's kind of weird. It's and a like, weird way to do it. And, and when did he knock her up then? You know what I mean? Like, it, that's, yeah. so there's, like, there's some questions that we're going to have to be asking here. There's yeah. some deep, dark, nasty Superman as an asshole <laughs> questions. But what, uh, what are your, your top level thoughts in, in terms of comparing this to the, the Lester cut, we'll call it? I wish this was an actual finished movie, basically, is what I wish. It's tighter. It feels more like the original movie, like the first movie, in terms of dialogue and performance and direction and everything, basically. Like, it feels like a proper sequel to Superman, the movie. Mm. Which, I guess, Superman 2 
did back then. But when, now in retrospect, looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like the slap. It's kind of like the same thing I had with Batman and Rob, like the Batman series where like everybody kind of says Batman Forever is where it goes to shit. Yeah. But it really starts to fall off the rails and returns. Right. This is like basically exactly the same thing where you're like most people say threes where it just goes to shit. <laughs> but like the wheels are starting to fucking fall off by the in end the of the Lester, second movie. The yeah. Version, yeah. <laughs> and it's specifically the Lester cut. Like you can yeah. tell the wheels are really starting to come off of it around there. So this is an interesting like it's it. It's a better version of a flawed movie, as I think what I said to Tim while we were kind of discussing it yesterday. That's and that's kind of what I hold to it. Like, it's a better version of Superman 2 than the original is, but it's still not perfect. And then some of the effects, like, just because of the way it was made, obviously it's unfinished. Like, the scene where Superman and, like is revealed to Lois is obviously a fucking, that, that's the rehearsal scene. Yeah. Like, it looks like it was shot on camcorders, basically, which is impossible <laughs> or whatever but still it kind of has that feel to it but yeah this is a i just wish this were there was a finished version of this as opposed to this kind of like work cut basically because that's a lot of what it feels like it feels like a work print because like the effects are pretty clearly not finished and like or shoddy at best i guess (laughs) or they or they tried to finish effects that had been started 35 years ago or something like that it looks terrible like (laughs) yeah because like the phantom zone thing which we blew like every both times now that we've talked about the phantom zone effect we're like man that thing still looks fucking pimpish all like all get out yeah now right and this time i'm watching i'm like this looks like shit (laughs) this looks like when they do it on this tw looks terrible like why (laughs) yeah why did the fucking old optical effect look so fucking dope and this looks like shit? I don't understand. It makes no sense. But the old optical looks way better. So because yeah, yeah, that that but is either way. one of my one of my issues. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I for me this really is a significantly different movie. I would say about to me about half of it is either different footage entirely or yeah. has at least been like seriously re-edited. It feels a lot better paced overall than the Lester cut did. It's also um, much shorter, isn't it? Like it feels like it's about twenty minutes shorter than the Lester I cut. I think is. so. It, it, this one was like one hundred and twenty or one hundred fifteen, one hundred sixteen minutes, and then yeah, it's the, just under two hours. I think the Lester cut's two twenty or something like that. Total. One, uh, one twenty-seven. So it's only like 10, 10 or twelve minutes shorter. Oh, okay, really? Uh, yeah, the Lester I version mean, feel, felt a lot longer when you're sitting through <laughs> well, it. Well, that yeah, there's a couple sequences. It's, this, it's that middle sequence, which like a lot, like all of it's excised in this. You know what I mean? Like that sequence all the that goofy I grown shit with them fucking up the the, the town. town. Yeah, yeah, that's the all gone. Gets there, which is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it makes the movie just kind of like fucking clip by. There's you know you're not in Niagara Falls for two hours with like Clark and Lois doing their bullshit. You're there for like one scene and then it's like move on with the plot. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's much more economically made than the Superman two we ended up kind of getting theatrically. Yeah. Like there's a lot of bulk that was added to that movie that obviously is not necessary. Also, this movie's got fucking Marlon Brando in it, which kind of yes. just elevates it completely <laughs> compared to the original cut. Yeah. Because, like, even if he's, like, reading off fucking cue cards, Marlon Brando's just, like, magnetic, like, all the time. So that makes a big difference to, like, the oomph of this movie, I guess. The you know what I mean? Like, the gravitas of this movie is yeah. having Brando. And actually having Brando and Chris Reeve have that scene kind of together really helps the movie along, too. Like, the mm-hmm. the conflict of him losing his power is much more interesting where him and Jorel are having that conversation versus like Lara kind of talking at him and then just doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's completely negated by it lasting 15 minutes, but like we can get to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree that having them getting the rights back to use Brando's likeness, which in retrospect is probably because they had Donna. gotten, yeah, well, because 
it's probably because they got the rights to use that footage in uh, Returns. Superman Returns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they were like, "Well, if we've got that, then I'm gonna fucking you know put yeah. that, all that shit back into Superman Two as well." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just has such like as Brando as Jarrell has such a better presence than the the woman that was playing Lara in the theatrical cut. The backstory of the Phantom Zone villains is way more compelling when you get it from Jarrell rather than Lara because he was like there firsthand. Yeah. It makes Zod's like thirst for vengeance against Kal-El way more personal knowing that Jarrell is still kind of around yeah. in some way. And that, yeah, that the exchange, well, both of the exchanges um, between Clark and Jor-El uh, or how, what do you, I guess Cal, we can say Cal yeah. and, and Jor-El, you know, where, where he gives up to get uh, agrees to give up his powers hits a much better emotional note. Like that is some of, I would say some of Reeves best acting in this role and it's yeah. just fucking gone from the theatrical cut because they yeah, which is like baffling to me because yeah. a lot of the like best scenes of his are not are in this movie like in this version of the movie are completely excised from the theatrical cut and i'm like why the fuck would you cut some of this shit out yeah like some of the stuff like him specifically him and like i mean i, I know they had rights and stuff like that issues but there was scenes like him and even at the end when they're in the in the fortress, I guess they don't actually call it the fortress of solitude in these movies, but like in the fortress of solitude, he actually has dialogue against Terrence stamp and it's mm. fucking excellent. And it's not anywhere in the theatrical cut. And I was like, why would you cut out your star and Terrence fucking stamp having like this dynamite fucking like super tense exchange yeah. in favor of a fucking cellophane S shield. <laughs> Goddamn hack. Thank God they got rid of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that it's, it feels so different that like, I wish I almost wish, what am I trying to think here? Like redo these movies animated. You know what I mean? Take the original script and animate them or something <laughs> or, like that. Yeah. Give me, give me the finished version of these movies in some form, you know, like where Superman one ends the way Donner wanted to do a comic originally. book adaptation, right? Absolutely. Fuck. Why am I, why did I say cartoon first? Of all the dumb <laughs> fucking things. This comes from comics. Do a comic adaptation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But like I, I think it would work great as an animated movie. Like, yeah, this is the proper version. Like, yeah, we want to use use the original voice uh, voices and stuff, and just animate to that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, fuck, I do that project. Yeah, like, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, you got to make it look like Gary Frank art. So that might be rough, but the <laughs> <laughs> boy could draw. <laughs> Having Brando back also makes Clark or Kal-El's like appeal to Jor-El to give him back his powers way more impactful as well. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up, yeah, because it like ends up meeting up. The, like, it, it kind of feels like in the original cut, like he's just picking up a, a new battery basically. Well, it's just, it was the hand wave, the whole fucking thing. They didn't even really yeah. show it. They just show him goes back and then he's got his powers back. Whereas yeah. here, like we actually get to see Kal-El like lose his father basically for a second time because he's yeah he's consciously making that sacrifice to get his powers back so that he can you know be superman and and save the world kind of thing and yeah it's just whereas in the fucking theatrical cut it's just all fucking hand waved so yeah plus in that one in the the scene where uh clark is giving up his powers lois looked real cute wearing superman's shirt like the top to his uh costume yeah well i mean like margot kidder not i mean (laughs) She's in her fucking prime at this point in these yeah. movies. Like she's, yeah, she's a, she's a looker. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so there is definitely that. Uh, uh, do we, do we want to do the plot again or what do we want to do? I, well, I don't know. Do we need to redo the plot? Do you want to just go over like the shit that's different basically? Well, I mean, I wrote it out so like we can okay. kind of cut through it real quick. Cause I kind of right. mentioned what's different as we go through it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So either way, uh, I'm never watching these movies again. That's the first thing I wrote. <laughs> Disclaimer tells us that some of this is going to look like shit because it's work print stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. It's right at the top of the movie. The new Warner and DC logos feel 
violently out of place <laughs> this movie yeah. also yeah. Uh, so that was a little weird but yeah fucking right you dedicate this to christopher reeve because these movies wouldn't fucking function if he wasn't in them at all yeah. so yeah rest and in this peace this is not that i mean when did reeve pass away it was been, uh, this would have been right after it was like 2004 yeah, it was, like it was a couple years it was pretty yeah. fresh still after uh, after reeve's death yeah so like Superman 2, like the theatrical cut, we do open on Krypton, but at this time, Marlon Brando's actually back and having that dialogue with Terrence Stamp, as opposed to the weird cutting around Marlon Brando that they did in the theatrical mm-hmm. cut, I think. So this is just like, how fucking awesome is Terrence Stamp, first of yeah. all, in this movie? Like, he doesn't feel like he has as much of a presence in the original cut. And I was always kind of like, there's not enough Zod in that movie, but like, you, you didn't think about it. And then you see this one, and you're like, holy shit, he's like, all over this he's way more menacing here and yeah. terrifying like yeah. like just he's really scary just in this totally fucking remorseless killer and i know all we said that them. last time but yeah even more so in this version all three of them have like no like there's no humor around non or anything like that he's just yeah. a fucking savage brute. A fucking goof anymore versus <laughs> a total fucking misandrist like just hates everybody it's fantastic like yeah. re- like way better like more tense like acting tension between all these characters than mm-hmm. what was in the other cut. So yeah, you can like cut the tension between like Terrence stamp and fucking Marlon Brando with a goddamn knife mm-hmm. basically in that opening scene. So either way, the villains are tried and sent to the phantom zone where at least at time there's visual implications. They kind of follow Kal-El. Like you get that little bit of a sequence where they're, you see the ship going by and they're mm-hmm. kind of slowly yeah. tailing along. And I'm like, thank you for doing that. Cause it makes no fucking sense. Otherwise this yeah. makes a little bit more sense. Even though it's like very much uh, like 20, 2006 uh, effects over like yeah. 1979 backgrounds and shit it's like, like that. It's like work print 1978 opticals in the background <laughs> of a terrible CGI Phantom Zone yeah. effect place that like, like after effects over top of it. But yeah. like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. only have, they probably Limited. didn't have a ton of. Exactly. Yeah. They probably didn't have massive budget for yeah. CGI effects or whatever. If that fucking Washington, Washington Monument scene is to be believed. <sighs> I mean, Jesus, but at least like, at least they, he took the time to show you that, you know what I mean? Cause it is yeah. a big kind of like, how the fuck did that happen in the original movie? Whereas this time it's like, oh yeah, they were sent along the same trajectory basically, or they, it, they kind of fell into the ship's eddy or warp signal, like path yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it kind of thing yeah. where like they trailed along. So that works for me a little bit better. And again, we go back and we redo chunks of Superman one, except this time it's not just like the whole movie over the credits. We just show the important stuff like Superman throwing the nuke into orbit which is what frees Zod in this version, as opposed to like, there's no Paris in the opening of this Thank movie. Thank God. Which is, I loved that sequence as a kid, but it's terrible now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it was hard to sit through last time. It adds like 20 minutes to the movie, like completely pointlessly also. Yeah. So. so yeah. Hey, remember Superman and Lois? They're still doing Superman and Lois things. But it also like, so kind you of makes the, the timeline of these movies very difficult to kind of like parse. Like how long are like the, the, the Phantom Zone trio floating out in space before they come to Earth? Like it feels like they're, they could be out there for like a week. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's very strangely like paced yeah. that way for that reason. Either way, so he's thrown the nuke into orbit at the end of... It's not the thing from whatever. It's the the nuke that he throws into orbit at the end of the original Superman movie. So it's continuity. Like, these movies tie together a lot better because of that. So the Phantom Zone trio are freed. They still have the problem where, like, they immediately have their powers and can breathe in space, but fine. (laughs) The one problem I do have with this scene is Zod yelling free is almost as bad as Anakin yelling no at the end of uh, episode three. (laughs) So it's pretty hokey. A bit much. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take Terrence Stamp over fucking 
what's his name? Hayden Christensen any day, probably. So <laughs> there's that. So credits happen. We cut to the Daily Planet as we're kind of winding off the plot of the first movie, basically, like Jimmy and Lois are chatting explicitly about what happened, like Lex going to jail and the earthquakes and stuff like that. Clark shows up and then they get called into Perry's office where they now they're getting sent to Niagara Falls. But right off the bat, of, right <laughs> off the bat, she has immediately started noticing that like Clark is Superman, right? Like she's drawing in the newspaper. Yeah. And at this point, she just fucking flings herself out the window after having Clark <laughs> on for a couple minutes. She's full on just like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to kill myself. So she jumps out the window. And I'm assuming the Daily Planet uh, is also in orbit because it takes her 400 hours to get to fall from the top floor. The I mean, it, it takes that fucking kid like 400 minutes. Like, yeah. Oh, no, I know. Both, fall down both, the falls, falls too. both the fall cuts. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is taking too long, guys. Yeah. But I like this. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I like, like this, this better. version better than than the fucking Lois throws herself into the river and then Clark has to like save her without saving her kind of thing. Without, like this is this is way more like a Superman from the comics kind of scenario where oh, like yeah, she flings yeah. herself out the window and he like super speeds down, blows her up so she doesn't die. Hits the fucking little canvas thing so that she falls and then realizes that like she's an idiot and he's not really Superman. Except for two scenes later, she's gonna shoot him. So like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because she just won't give up on this thing. Either way, he's just back upstairs. So she sees him upstairs and is like, oh, my God, I tried to kill myself. You must not be Superman. Wait, wait, I just jumped out of a building and didn't die. Do you think Superman did not help you? Like, you think <laughs> survived by no, what? It was just special total, total luck. Yeah, absolutely. So that makes 100% sense. Either way, they are on that path to, like, finding out about whatever. Lex and Otis are in jail. And it's the same-ish scene as the theatrical cut. But there's a couple, like, EDR changes here and there like yeah. the response to the record is different for some reason they ADR'd the fucking sheriff or the the guard's voice did you notice that there's a lot of weird like ADR choices where like people were re-recorded in the movie no not, I didn't, didn't no I don't know it's probably because I watched them both twice and I was like man there's a lot of weird like that, that guy's voice is different in this time like the president's voice is a little different in this cut there's actually even a couple like Terrence Stamp bits where like they either ADR'd or didn't put any kind of effect on his voice because it's yeah. much more like conversational whereas a lot of the time when he's talking is odd he's got this real boomy menacing kind of tone to him yeah that's always present in the theatrical cut and sometimes present in this but then occasionally is gone and it feels jarring because of it i don't know it's mm. just weird i just notice adr shit because it, it's become like this thing where i'm like i can always tell when it's like that line's looped over the back of that person's head like that movie yeah, making yeah, kind yeah. of crap i always yeah. notice that stuff now so either way lex and otis are doing exactly the same thing they did last time they figure out Superman goes north and we cut back to Houston and we're going to now the Moonlander scene kind of plays out. This is basically untouched. It's they, there's like a little couple cuts where like the goofiness is kind of excised, but there wasn't a ton of goofiness in the original cut of this anyway. No, this, this is pretty much the same. This is basically the same. It's just earlier. Yeah, it's just a lot earlier in the movie, um, which is good because it means we're getting to the fucking villains faster than an hour into the goddamn movie that like we kind of <laughs> did the last one or the the other version of it. There are lots of intercutting now, right? Like we're going between three stories as we deal with the trio Lex and Superman. So Lex escapes and has way more dialogue with Miss Tessmacher in this movie than he, he did. Great, in the Cause I love cut. their back and forth. She's fantastic. Like yeah. she's so funny. Um, I, that the actress has Parkinson's eh? like she's still alive, but she's quite ill. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I just found that, that up. Valerie, Peregrine or Peregrine yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Just like the epitome of 70s smoke show too. Like she's just like, yeah. she looks like a, like the hottest playboy bunny from 1978 ever, basically. Like she's so pretty. Anyway, 
so they head north to the fortress while we intercut with Lois and Clark doing a much shorter Niagara Falls sequence. Like no river suicide. We basically do just the the kid falling in kind of sequence. Yeah. And that it's this it's basically the same. Like there's some cuts that are a little bit different. So if we don't have all the, the cheesy shit in the hotel room as yeah, there's much. No, yeah, yeah, there's no dumb shit in the hotel room. The only thing I did notice is that like one of the ADR things I noticed is that that line where the lady screams out about Superman being Jewish is way louder in this cut than it was in the theatrical cut. <laughs> like it's super buried it's in the theatrical cut. But in this one it's like plain as fucking day that she yells about <laughs> Superman being Jewish. Like, of course he's Jewish. And I was like I mean, sure, yeah, like, who gives a shit what Superman is, really? But, like, it's, like, yeah, it's... fantastic. <laughs> but also, I, I don't think you can be Jewish. like, And, like, God knows you can't circumcise Superman, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You have to use a kryptonite, kryptonite, like, scalpel, scalpel or something, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Either way. Yeah, so yeah, so we're back. Clark is doing a, they're doing a much shorter Niagara Falls sequence. She just out and out shoots him, basically, in yep. uh, what is clearly a rehearsal sequence, obviously, because like, neither of them are made up properly. They both look like they're just yeah, kind of like quality. The his quality is pretty dodgy and stuff, but it's still I, I don't care. Because it's better than the other scenes still. You know yeah, I mean? like, it makes, it's, it's it more, makes more sense. It's written better. The chemistry between them is better. It feels less forced. Um, I mean, and, and that was a scene that I liked in the, the, the theatrical cut. But like, I like this even better. Well, so I, I, watching this now, that one feels so much more forced. Yeah, and it like, does. It you does. know what I mean? Like coy or yeah, the, the Clark not so accidentally dropping his yeah, glasses in the yeah, fire and shit yeah. like just didn't work as well as like Lois just full Lois like knowing I mean aiming a gun at him and shooting at him but then it being a blank. Yeah, which like he should have known because he should have felt the contact like he's invincible, not unfeeling, yeah, right? Like he, feel, he would uh, notice like a bullet hitting him. him. Yeah. Even if it doesn't like hurt him, he would still feel it. One yeah. would assume anyway. Otherwise, like it, when he does, that mean he can't feel anything. Missed him or something. Maybe I don't know. Point blank range. Either way, we go back to the North Pole. Lex and Tess. Well, I, I just keep writing Tess, but like Miss Tessmacher are investigating the fortress. Longer version of this scene, and this time instead of Lara coincidentally telling Lex Luthor about Zod, it's Marlon Brando again. Yeah, they really got their fucking money's worth out of those Brando footage. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was in fucking all kinds of shit in this movie. Yeah. And, wow, they cut a lot of just, him out. And his delivery so, so good and way better than than the actress that was playing Lara. The actress that played Lara was clearly just hired to like be there to hold the baby and yeah. like, like no homo fucking Jarrell or whatever, <laughs> I guess. But like, ugh, either way. Yeah, he's I mean, it's not even fair to compare Marlon Brando to fucking basically anybody. So yeah. like. Who in this movie could hold, really hold up to him? I mean, this movie's got Gene Hackman and Terrence Stamp in it. So, like, you do have some, <laughs> like, actors of the caliber that could stand up to a Brando. And Chris Reeve does this, like, holds his fucking own, too, for yeah. ostensibly a rookie at this point. Like, he's pretty good, too. But Brando's just, like, he's fucking Brando. You know what I mean? yeah. So, you see those Godfather movies? The motherfucker can <laughs> act, you know? Yeah. So, we get back to Zod. I, like, I really want to figure out the timeline of all this shit because it, it just feels like. It's very quick, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know. It feels very muddled. I'd love to just sit down and kind of like figure out how all this is supposed to work together at some point. Yeah, that's, you don't need to do that. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but yeah, this time, he, so he, they show up in the small town and they do the takeover stuff. The sheriff scene happens again, but none of the goofy crap in town happens. Like nobody's getting pitched around through walls yeah, and not turning to face. through the walls and, of the diner and like there's no fucking stupid, yeah, no, no floating uh, arm wrestling and shit like that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, none of the, just like all they really show is them just decimating the military and it's fuck, like it's way more harrowing. You're like, oh shit, like you're really fucked up. It's not goofy. They're like murdering dudes. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. Right, that makes it, it is a little weird because like out of nowhere they're just like 
oh, they came through this town and wrecked it. We just didn't show any of it to you. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I Donner's just kind of working with the footage that he had. And he was looked at the Lester, like, filmed footage for that. And he was just like, no, nah, this is garbage. We're just going to yeah. have to, like, fucking gloss over that. Well, I mean, like, even the stuff that Lester did show of that is still, like, the fucking jeep driving through a like it's all pratfall horse shit right yeah, like the jeep yeah. driving through the house and stuff like that i'm like this is like benny hill stuff like that's not what richard donner was aiming for for these movies so mm. that makes sense that he would excise that also i've said that word too many times cut it out <laughs> so lois and clark do a super awkward scene that clearly is a rehearsal we talked about this already so this is intercut like the attack on the town is intercut with superman and lois talking about pretending to be clark we get a little bit more Zod as he talks to the fucking TV and stuff. And then Clark ditches his powers. This is where we have the way more in-depth conversation about like what he's giving up in terms what of like helping. And, yeah, yeah. And like, he's not going to be able to help like humanity anymore. And yeah. like, just, you really should the... think about this. You're being a selfish prick Superman, <laughs> which is kind of the Superman's MO, but that's fine. We'll talk about it later. Well, it's also, you know, this, the Superman's still pretty young and he's kind of like, you know, feels hasn't totally bought into the like i you know it's my responsibility to dedicate my entire life to helping yeah. people kind of thing like he's still trying to think like why why shouldn't i have a normal fucking life kind of thing and i i get that i like that i like it when they show you know those those vulnerabilities of superman but it's still the same problem we had with the last one where it's like why can't he just be with lois like yeah. we know that he can be with lois as superman because like yeah, it's been done in the comics. It's been done in the comics many, many like, times. Well, I mean, like our entire, actually, fuck our whole lives. Basically, they've yeah. been in an active relationship, and he's just been Superman. Like I don't yeah. remember With that. With the exception time of like, like the short period after the Burn It uh, Man of Steel reboot, kind of. Well, thing. it's either Burn or like New Fifty Two when he was with Wonder Woman was probably the only other time yeah, I can yeah, remember true. him not being specifically with Lois as like his main romantic interest. But yeah, it's yeah. right right after Burn, and they quickly got right back into Lois after Burn anyway. Yeah. And then, like, post-52, they spent, like, a year with Wonder Woman. But, like, for 90% of, yeah. like, the last, like, you know, 40 years. 40 years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were almost 40, guys. <laughs> All right. So that's, yeah, but that's a much better scene than what we had in the original. So that's cool. We get to the White House invasion. All of these Zod and company taking over scenes are way darker without yeah. any of the goofy shit that Lester added to them. I was talking to Tim earlier about this, but it's just like, if we'd done this episode six months ago, I'd have been cheering Zod on at, you know, <laughs> usurping the presidency. Yeah. But I mean, now it feels, now it's starting to feel a little harrowing again. Although also three white people just storming the fucking Capitol is in also, fucking outlandish outfits and yeah. <laughs> yeah. screaming shit about wanting to po to depose leaders and shit. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I still think, Zod would be an upgrade from Trump, you know? Like, I'd take Zod, probably. I don't know. It's I don't know. Tough, tough call. <laughs> he wouldn't tweet as much, I think, you know? Yeah, it's true. So, like, maybe for that reason, I would like him. Either way, Turn Stamp stole the fucking master in this. He's like, this cut really emphasized. And this is the scenes where, like, he kind of, like, you get to see Terrence Stamp just, like, own this movie basically is mm -hmm. all the the white house stuff and especially him. that whole sequence that sequence is edited so much better than oh the, yeah than the theatrical cut too like yeah it's definitely definitely way more impactful the way that they present it here yeah and they're just way more threatening in this cut than they were in the other one like they, they feel like like goofy like three uh three stooges villains whereas in this they feel like like what zod and his mm -hmm. team should feel like like oh shit like we're fucked these guys are gods and yeah, like we can't do anything to stop them except for beg Superman for help, basically. So yeah. there's no Batman in this universe or Kryptonite to come down and punch on this fucking dick, which would have happened in the <laughs> shared universe probably eventually. Either way, we keep moving. This this is seen as basically the same thing. Clark and Lois go to the diner. Clark gets beat up 
literally 10 minutes after losing his powers, he gets his fucking <laughs> still, shit kicked in. Still somehow has a car at the Fortress of Solitude I, that he drives None of this makes fucking sense. Doctor. None of this makes... How did they drive down from the Fortress of Solitude? We watched Miss Tessmacher and Lex take a fucking balloon and, and then, then rent a snowmobile. And then a snowmobile that turns into a boat. Yeah, that, yeah. like, what the <laughs> fuck? And, like, these guys just, like, drive out. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Lex didn't know about the secret road Superman had built for himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's an underground road, a tunnel or some shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it has it's it got a garage have, in the basement. It just happened to have an old feel in it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, in in the, the garage that's in the basement of the Fortress of Solitude. Which should technically be like the fucking Arctic Ocean, but okay. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it's built on the water. Right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Clark gets beat up. He's had his powers again. Like, this is the big problem with Superman 2. It doesn't matter which cut. He loses his powers for five minutes yeah it does nothing for the story to have him lose his power and then get it back right away you need to do like a a whole act or some shit yeah Yeah. you need to like be he needs to have them gone by like mid act one and not get them back to like act three start basically so that we actually have some time with him without powers because this is like they basically just jam that experience into like the one thing of him getting his ass like he gets laid and then, and he gets his ass kicked and then and he flips then back around TV, becomes Superman. The, yeah, yeah. The, the phantom zone villains have taken over and he's like damn it i fucked up yeah i just wanted to get laid <laughs> i want to get my dick wet now i got all this responsibility again this is what happens when you think with your dick guys you don't <laughs> think with your dick think with your brain you know what i mean because then you end up losing your superman powers and then having to go beg your dad to give them back to you <laughs> Sounds really weird when you say it out loud. Either way, <laughs> we are back to the White House where fucking Lex finally shows up waving the white flag and like the alternate takes like the, the dialogue between Terrence Stamp and Gene Hackman. Like, I just want to eat it. It's so delicious. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. These two guys are just having like way more fun playing off each other, apparently with Richard Donner than they were with Richard Lester, because <laughs> you could tell this feels a lot better. It always feels like Donner's going for like a, a bit more subdued and serious. I mean, relatively speaking, this isn't the Dark Knight or Rises yeah, or something exactly. like that. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> for 1979, dark and serious. Kind of yeah, like. but I mean, like compared to especially compared to the theatrical cut, like which yeah. is just like littered with slapstick horseshit. This movie doesn't yeah, have any of that kind of stuff. Buster Keaton movie. <laughs> yeah. And like this feels like this could be a Chris Nolan movie compared to that. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so much more serious. So, yeah, this is closer to Man of Steel than it is to Batman 66. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whereas the Richard Lester cut airs on the Adam West side of things yeah. a little bit more. So, <laughs> which makes sense, I guess like that's the last, like last time a superhero was big, you know what I mean? Like probably pop culture wise yeah. until Superman came out was probably that sixties Batman show. So like in, in live action anyways. Yeah. yeah. But I mean like a lot of people would have that association and want to just bring that shtick to I guess incredible. All these characters would bridge that gap. Like the TV show. Yeah. yeah the Lou Ferrigno show. Yeah. But like, that was terrible. Too. Also pretty campy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, fighting pretty fucking wrestling a bear. Oh, I mean, you'll love it because it's ridiculous. You watch it as a kid, but like when you watch it now, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll take I Mark can, Ruffalo. I can see the green makeup dripping yeah. off his back. Yeah. Spearing on the bear's fucking fur and stuff like that because they really made him fight a fucking bear. It wasn't like safety or anything like that. It was full on like he wrestled the trained bear. Anyway, so. Yeah, we've got we've had our Lex and Zod scene. We go back to Clark, who's now at the fortress, and like again, he gets to have this awesome conversation with Marlon Brando about the responsibilities of being Superman and like regaining his powers, and like the father becomes the son, and he has to actually become Superman, like take responsibility for what he's doing, act the shit out of it. This is completely cut out of the theatrical cut for some bath. I mean, for because Marlon they don't Brando have Brando. reasons, yeah. they don't have Brando, and it's just like 
this it elevates this movie so much having these yeah, scenes it really in it. Does. like it's crazy um so we're back to the daily planet again so just it's the same scene and but it's just a little bit more extended and kind of like the interplays better you know what i mean he's not cutting yeah. out the character interactions the way lester did it's all like just kind of runs its course and everybody gets to have their little beats and then superman shows up and the fight starts and it's a lot i mean it's the same fight basically mm. except all of the goofy shits cut out of yeah it. exactly again all of the lester is gone yeah all the lester's gone so like you get like a pretty good for 1979 superhero fight yeah in yeah. the middle of the city that that feels like it has a lot more weight to it right yeah it, doesn't feel as well like, I, I mean overall like you know I, I if i was watching this in 1979 i'd be like man yeah. these folks are in real fucking danger whereas like the guy that whose fucking wig flips off i'm like well okay well yeah i, I don't guess, know I, I guess that's inconvenient maybe your uh <laughs> your terrible timing on reposting the fucking grand finale of the greatest superhero <laughs> movie that's ever been created in avengers endgame is weirdly like coloring my perception of this fight now. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh yeah. Remember that end game fight where we actually got to see all these superheroes look perfect and be the superheroes that they're supposed to be. And this one with, we're like, like massive budget and with like a, a, a half a billion dollar budget. Yeah. And like Weta and ILM working on it at the same time. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. This is not that just so we're clear. <laughs> no, totally different movies, obviously, but like, yeah, this is, this is a lot more fun, but even like those little, Richard Donner cutaways, and I can only call them Richard Donner cutaways because he does it in everything. We're like Lex steals Perry's coffee from Jimmy. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, "That's for the chief." He's like, "The chief has it," and it's like, "Yeah, Gene Hackman, you're the fucking best. <laughs> Just be there and be an asshole." Uh, yeah. I love it. And, but again, like this fight also proves that the people of Metropolis are just. Like having Superman in Metropolis makes the people of Metropolis dumb as fucking bricks because like they're having a giant superhero fight in the middle of the fucking downtown. And these people are standing in the street watching it happen. These guys got to start, like they got to talk to some of their neighbors in Gotham and realize that, like when the super freaks show up, get the fuck <laughs> off the street. Well, I guess this is presumably the first time that this version of Superman has actually had to fight anybody else. Super powered. Yes, it would be. So, well, I mean, yeah, but it's still yeah. like, maybe like there's shit falling out of the sky. Maybe yeah, get exactly. The These guy. guys are blowing cars down the fucking street. Like blowing cars up with their eyes. Like there's yeah. cars fucking exploding and shit. Yeah. And people are just like standing around like, wow, this is cool. I can't <laughs> wait to watch Superman fight. It's like they're watching fucking Friday Night Smackdown or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not yeah. WWE guys. <laughs> like These guys are going to kill you. Get out of the way. <laughs> Who wrote this? Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, we do. It's basically the same fight, just like no goofiness, and uh, the stakes actually feel like there are stakes. The same ending scene is basically Superman. I always want. To, I always think about the truck scene where Zod's gonna blow up the truck. Yeah, and then Superman reflects it, and they get into a little bit of a scuffle, and like he beats up Non underground, and then blah blah blah, and then they start blowing. Oh, it's the bus. They throw the bus at him, yeah. and for some reason, everybody in Metropolis seems to think that that bus is gonna kill Superman because <laughs> these guys are all rubes, basically. And then they decide that they're going to kill Zod and Ursa and Nan with sticks, <laughs> which I think we talked about in the original version. It's just like, good luck, I guess. Yeah. And this is like one of those things where like in 1979, you do the blowing scene regardless, apparently, of whether you're Richard Donner or Richard Lester. Because I'm thinking like if you did this in 22, they would just be vaporizing like uh, Homelander style with heat vision. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like cutting people in half and shit. I'm like, like just, just fucking tearing down skyscrapers and shit and. And like as much as like we're probably gonna shit on Man of Steel for just like them blatantly doing that, like 
that at least makes it feel like superpowered people are having a giant knockdown fuck off brawl in the middle of your city when skyscrapers are falling and like people are getting cut in half with heat vision and shit. This is what they knew how to do and what they were yep. capable of doing at the time. So it's just you, you start thinking about like what could have been and stuff like that. Yeah. And like also like we're going to watch Man of Steel, which is basically these two movies jammed into one movie, <laughs> which is interesting now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah. And as much as I like, but like, what am I going to say? Like, I like Michael Shannon, but like, he's not Terrence fucking stamp. <laughs> so, no, that's you true. know, like, he's really good in that movie, but like, he's not Terrence stamp either way. So Superman realizes basically he can't win and to save the people because Zod has realized that this is his Achilles heel, just like in the original cut, Superman fucks off up North again, at which point the trio grab Lex and Lois yeah. and head off North they, along with them. Uh, I would no, they, Lex, they almost fucking kill Lex, and then Lex is like, "Wait a minute, I know where he's going." Yeah, yeah, and they, sure. And then they yeah. take they take Lex and and Lois along. All of the fucking stuff between Hackman and Stamp, and I know I've said this like three times already, but like every time they have dialogue together, I'm just like, "Oh fuck, this yeah. is so much fun to watch these two guys." Yeah, it's just, just it's so much fun watching Lex like manipulate uh, Zod, Zod you know, yeah. even though even though like obviously Zod could could fucking like you know rip his dick off in with yeah. a trying kind of thing. But and the, and it's like. Stamp plays it like Zod knows what's going on, but he's just like, I'm above it. Like, it doesn't matter. Cause, like, yeah. fuck this guy. What's he gonna, he gets, once he gives me what I want, I can cut him in half. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter anymore. So, like, yeah, keep talking, asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the end of this, I, I'm still a Kryptonian who can pull you in fucking half. So, like, <laughs> and you get that feeling from him a lot, which is like, you don't get in the original cut. So, this, again, a lot better. In spite of that, they're all still dumb and the same fucking trick works on them, basically, once they get to the <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. No cellophane, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Way more dialogue. No no fucking, like, duplicate holograms and shit. Yeah, none of that. None of the, and, like, the rock hologram or whatever yeah. the hell that was in that one shot. <laughs> yeah. falls into. None of that goofy stuff is in here. It's just, like, they have a really, like, intense conversation between Terrence Stamp, Gene Hackman, and Christopher Reeve Superman, and it's better fucking watching than any of the action they've done in any of these movies so far because just these three fucking wonderful actors like screaming at each other yeah. about comic book horse shit and I love it. I love every second of it. But either way, this the the same trick works as in the theatrical cut. Uh Soups goes into the pod that took his powers away and but he's reversed it so that he's protected in the pod and it takes the trio's powers away and he comes out and exactly the same although it's a longer cut. Like it's a nice like long like they let you think about it a lot longer like in the theatrical cut he just kind of comes out and kneels and crushes his hand whereas yeah. in this one he, they linger on it a little bit like you don't know what's going on it's like oh wait did he actually win like they donner lets you think about it for a second yeah and then he fucking still crushes his hand <laughs> rips his dick off and then throws and him into a pit <laughs> yeah superman's still a straight up fucking murderer so, in this is, lois. Movie. Yeah. so is lois and yeah. also i want to point out and and non fucking, just straight up fucking commits un, non, unintentional non suicide. Non still an idiot and fucking kills himself. Yeah, <laughs> the it's like the it's like the only goofy stupid thing that non does in this movie. This yeah, version, though. is like not be able to fly. Yeah, yeah, at the end. Also, did they leave Lex up there? Did you notice that Lex just vanishes at this point? <laughs> yeah. There's a bit of dialogue after they kill the fucking Phantom Zone trio, where like Lex thinks he's like in on it or whatever, and then they literally cut to like outside the fucking. We said that the last 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 version though the theatrical cut too is like wait did they just leave Lex there and the yeah fucking, but like, this one's even worse terrible idea because he fucking blows up the fortress with Lex in it <laughs> if Lex is still in the fortress he's dead because he heat visions the fortress into like a pile of rubble true but, like Lex is dead which is I mean 
doesn't make any sense because he shows back up in like two movies. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. It just makes no sense. Yeah. So maybe they killed him. Soup blows up the fortress. They kiss and he takes her home. She starts to write the story, I guess. Like Superman takes a day off and she's telling about, I guess, their relationship or whatever. We see Perry starting to brush his teeth, except now we go into the dumb shit and he goes out. And he starts flying around backwards. And this is where I got a bunch of questions about stuff. Because it's basically just like the Voyager reset reset button mashing that I used to hate on that show, too. (laughs) It's like none of this happened, technically, because he goes back. Yeah. So it's like he goes. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of the timeline of this, right? Because he goes Superman one happens, right? And then he goes out into space, flies backwards, stops the nukes from hitting and stops Lois from dying. But he doesn't stop the nuke from hitting Zod. Right, like Zod still escapes. Yeah. So then, Superman. This movie happens, and then all of this shit. He goes out at the end, and then rewinds it all the way back to the point where Zod's still in the Phantom Zone, which means he rewinds past the entire events of this entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I think, I think what's implied is that the Phantom Zone tile or whatever just fucking like flies past Earth and yep. doesn't, which and means just go off into space. Lex Luthor didn't die, I guess. None of the fight happened. Super, Clark and yeah. Lois never Clark fucked. Never fucked. <laughs> so, so who knows how they end up with a kid and Superman returns? That means the fortress. Like he blew up the fortress and then went into space, went backwards and rebuilt the fortress, basically. So the fortress yep. is back. Put, he has put the start. toothpaste right back into Perry's tube. Yep. He had. Yeah. That's, that's the worst. Like, is that not the worst like visual bit ever? Is like <laughs> we're putting the toothpaste back in the tube. I was like, oh no. Oh. I was like, are we really doing this? Like legit, just like doing this. And we're using Jackie Wilson to do this too. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. Either way, I just else? choose to ignore that that part of the movie actually happens. Yeah, I guess. I guess you kind of have to because like Superman Returns makes zero sense after either of these movies. Like, I'm trying mm. to figure out who wrote Superman Returns, watched either of these two cuts of this movie, and was like, oh yeah, we did a proper sequel to that movie. That makes sense <laughs> that he disappeared for five years after Zod almost destroyed the. Well, I planet. think. If I'm if I'm remembering right, like does Superman Returns? It's been so long since I've watched it. Does it not start with like a a recap of the sort of end of of Superman two, but that basically the Donner version, but that doesn't actually fucking do the time reset thing? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Find it's been out. a long time since I watched that movie. Uh, it's been a long, long time since I watched that movie. So it kind of ret- retcons the end of Superman. I mean, obviously, it, it retcons uh, the yeah. end of Superman too. It's yeah. just a matter of whether it does on screen or not. Yeah. So either way, um, yeah, he's gone back in time. So this is where Superman comes off like a huge prick to me because now he's gone way back in time, and he still goes up north and beats the shit out of that guy. I know it's for who this guy who in this timeline who has did, no did idea nothing to him whatsoever. Who this fucking guy is just gets dominated by a Kryptonian <laughs> just for showing up to eat. You know yeah, what I mean? He has the, no clue. He's picking fucking glass out of his ass. Clearly, this guy's a fucking prick. But like, he didn't in this ver- version of this dude never did any of this stuff to Clark. I mean, he might have still, but like, who yeah. knows? Yeah. And he's still clearly a prick. But like. This is Superman. This, this is just a bad fucking call to yeah, do this, it's terrible. this whole time reset and then and then go back and do that fucking scene. Yeah. There is a scene in between there where like, they actually go to the Daily Planet and Clark realizes, like, just like, Clark basically is checking up to make sure that his fucking rewind worked and Lois still yeah. doesn't know who he is and shit like that. And then he goes up north and, like, beats the fucking guy <laughs> for no reason because <laughs> in this timeline he never touched him. Like, they didn't even meet. No. He just no. goes up there and it's like, that guy really pissed me off. So now that I'm super powered again, I'm yeah. going to fucking kill him. <laughs> like, I'm just going to fucking. Because he actually says in this cut, 
they're like zod's talking to him and he's like oh you cherish human life you'd rather they not die and he kind of looks at lex and he's like yeah eh, most of them basically you know he's like <laughs> yeah. i don't know that fucking prick gets not you know what I mean? <laughs> fuck him but yeah superman's still a prick i guess in this one but he does do the christopher Reeve flyby which is always fantastic and you yeah. always love to see it and then we're done we're back to the credits so that's superman 2 the donor cut in a nutshell superman's kind of an asshole in this movie <laughs> Yeah, I just, I really wish they hadn't fucking pulled the trigger on that ending. But I mean, we already talked about Brando, which is one of the big reasons that this version is is much better. Yeah. Um, the other version for me is just the the Lois and Clark back and forth is so much better in this version. There's more mm-hmm. of it and what there is is better. So I like jumping right in off the top and making basically the a plot for the first half of the movie lois having figured out that that clark is superman it i mean it gives us more reason just to have them fucking in more scenes together and yeah you're right like that jumping out the window is a total fucking comic book moment and then i still like here i think i like this better than the stupid river like thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but we get to see more of them like playing as newlyweds in Niagara Falls and stuff like that too. And then, yeah, that final scene where Lois seems stronger here in her convictions, right? Like she jumps out of like, you know, somebody could reasonably survive falling into a river, you know, even though it's like a raging river, but like, like, not one that's at the top of Niagara Falls, probably. (laughs) No, it was like at the bottom of the falls was the one that she jumped. No, if if it was, if it was next to that hotel, it was at the top of the falls. No, it was a later scene, right? Because they were like went down know. further. It, I mean, it's and, totally like yeah. totally not. It doesn't really matter one way or the <laughs> yeah, other. It's just she could have died either way. But like, yeah, she seems more like that movie makes her seem more like Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, the original theatrical cut. Whereas this makes her seem more like the Lois Lane that I'm used to. It's just like really bullheaded. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it my fucking story, and like I'm a little bit scattered and can't spell. They don't even play up the can't spell shit as much in this movie. You know what I mean? There's less yeah, jokes about true. her that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, she's still a fucking pig and smokes like a chimney, but like that's fine because she gets a pizza at 9 a.m. just like she got a hamburger at 9 a.m. <laughs> in the other cut. So yeah, they like Lois a big eater. I guess I don't know. Is that a comic book thing? I don't remember them really doing that. Um. Too. Uh, to an extent, I, I mean, she, she's definitely not a. She can't can't really cook in yeah. the comics. Oh, I know like, that. If, if if they ever if you know have a home cooked meal, it's it's Clark cooking usually. It really kind of puts like those double dates that they have with like Selena and Bruce like later on. Like who can cook out of those four? <laughs> Clark basically, but Clark, I think they. Maybe? I mean, you know, when Alfred. you have like Alfred. one of the richest people. Yeah, exactly. When you have one of the richest people <laughs> in the world. Uh, I think, you know, you can go to any fucking restaurant that you want. So, you know, well, necessarily because he to... probably fucking owns most of them yeah. in that universe. <laughs> so there's that too. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just, it's funny. Cause I'm like, Hey, I guess Lois can't cook. Does Clark even need to know how to cook? Cause like, I you know he likes to eat, but he doesn't have doesn't to necessarily have to. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that too. So I don't know. But I mean, he also grew up in uh, like the you know, Midwest or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's got all that down home cooking, uh, that he likes and, and his, his mother always, Ma Kent always cooks for him whenever he goes home. I was going to say, I'm sure Ma sure Kent taught him, taught him his way around the kitchen. Yeah. So that's fair enough. But yeah, it just made me think, I'm like, man, those double dates must be super awkward while Alfred's fucking making dinner for everybody at the manor <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, no, like, I don't know what else to talk about in this movie because it feels like we talked about like a lot about it while we were doing the, the review, but like more Terrence Stamp. And again, like more Terrence Stamp, more Gene Hackman, more Chris Reeve, Marlon Brando's back. Like th- there's just more acting in this movie. You know what yeah. I mean? So it makes it feel like a better movie, even if it's not really like it's basically the same movie, but like the way it's written and put together and then acted obviously is just 
it's so weird because they basically made these movies at the same time, right? Like, they're just alternate cuts of each other. But this feels like the serious version of that movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's just more out of the things that worked in Superman the movie yeah. and the things that worked out of the Lester uh, cut. It's more Lois and Clark. It's more of the Phantom Zone villains being menacing rather than fucking goofy. Dumb, yeah. And it really excises almost all, probably all, I think, of the like stupid slap. Maybe one or two things sort of snuck through of the stupid slapstick shit that Lester yeah. kind of shoehorned in because you know that was kind of his genre. That was kind of what you know what he was known for. So yeah. Less of the bad and more of the good. <laughs> uh, sirens are on our side, guys. Just if you hear that in the background. So. <laughs> what else? I One thing that really struck me on this watch through was that first scene in the diner. Yes, that whole thing is, is kind of weird, but it struck me more Reeves acting here. And I guess mm-hmm. it's maybe because of that back and forth with Jarrell in the scene previously, where he's really... Clark is really experiencing pain for one of like the first times ever in his life and like getting his ass handed to him by just some random violent normal human kind of thing. Yeah. Like the look in his on his face when you can see like how frustrated he has gotten at the decision that he's made and how he, you know, again it is really rushed but like, you know, you can tell that he's like fuck, I did not do the right thing here and like yeah. I'm seriously vulnerable and that scares me kind of thing. Yeah. It's almost the same look that he gets in his face when he realizes in Metropolis, like that he has to get the Phantom Zone villains yeah, away. Yeah. You know, you, you see that look on his face where he's like, Jesus, like things are going to go really fucking bad if I do not do something here. And yeah. the only thing that I can do here that's responsible is to retreat. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like uh, Christopher Reeve is Superman based on yep. the way he emotes <laughs> on all this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. He's so good. He's the magic sauce that makes these movies fucking work. Like there's a ton of good performances and like, yeah, there's effects and all that kind of stuff, but it's really, it hinges on like it hinges on Christopher Reeve basically. Yeah. And then like all the other excellent performances around him hinge, but they all hinge on him being able to do Clark and Superman and do it this well kind of thing so mm-hmm. in terms of the effects yeah it's it's such a weird thing to talk about because it is like you know some of the effects that they went back and cleaned up or like sort of overlaid or stuff like 30 something years later yeah there's some cases where they go a long way to make it you know less kind of sticky and campy and shit like that and then there's other cases where it's just like garbage it does not work and does not mesh at all and yeah. i think that the biggest one is like the cgi like washington monument falling down kind of thing that and the escape from the phantom zone are the two yeah. that really, like get me uh they were like caught my eye when i was watching it was like, really those, took me out of it really bad yeah. yeah other than that though most of the stuff like the flying scenes in metropolis look better in this version than yeah. they did in the uh, theatrical cut they were able to yeah do a little bit better the rotoscoping and shit like yeah, that, on that some looks of the, a little around bit around some of the phantom zones the the one where the phantom zone villains are are first flying to earth that still looks like fucking total well they look really, they still look really uncomfortable in the harnesses right like i don't think yeah. that was something that ever kind of like gets away from them also if they're flying that fast from metropolis to the north pole it's no wonder superman has enough fucking time to like set up all his traps because that must have <laughs> taken a week because they're like i could w- fucking walk faster than they were yeah. flying it looks like so it was really weird. But yeah, I can't shit in this movie's mouth. I get this version of this movie's mouth too much about special effects when it would probably didn't have like a budget to like they weren't they weren't making Endgame here or even the original Superman movie. Right. Like in terms of they were recutting together a movie like a 25 year old movie, basically. So like what we get 
is good enough, I guess. The problem that my main problem with this is just that we're back to the well on the fucking time rewind thing. Yeah, that's my biggest Which fucking really issue. Burns is, me, so. is, it's just, you know, Donner, it's a total fucking fumble in the fourth quarter. Like Donner had a perfect opportunity to just leave this. And I wonder, part of me wonders if it was like a studio thing as well at the time. And then he was just like, well, this is how I wrote. Like the studio was like, no, you can't have Lois. We, we're going to make more of these fucking movies um, because they're making us a shitload of money. So yeah. you can't have Lois. You, you can't finish this movie with Lois knowing Superman's secret yeah. identity. So you've got to do something to fucking take. Which is like as a modern fan is so funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that thought process where like you have to have keep that triangle alive. I'm like, oh, OK, like that's that triangle has been gone for actually most of my uh, like life like it's not really been a factor yeah, since the like 90s uh, early 90s was when yeah, yeah was when uh, Clark re- revealed his secret identity to Lois in the comics yeah and like it's been so, 30 been, years yeah like mm-hmm. all our basically our, our entire adult lives have just been like Superman and Lois or been like a couple like again like we just talked about this except for Wonder Woman for like 15 minutes and after New 52 basically yeah that's the only other relationship Superman's really had that I can remember yeah so for me, like I, I just I have to just ignore that that fucking time reset even happened because without it, if you leave that out, it makes it such a better movie. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and it actually gives stakes for the sequel and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it also kind of makes, uh, like, it's so weird too because like, I guess we'll talk about it when we do three in a couple weeks. But like <laughs> him going on walkabout to Smallville and shit kind of makes sense after that because like he's kind of lost Lois, right? And like yeah. he had to go back and like rekindle that romance with Lana who in the movie is implied to actually love Clark, not Superman the way like we have this problem with Lois where she's more she's infatuated more with like Superman than she is with Clark. Whereas Lana just like legitimately in this version, like just loves Clark. Right. So, yeah. Um, what else? I mean, it, there's not much in terms of gripes that we didn't, but that we haven't already talked about that yeah. we didn't already complain about with the Lester cut. And it actually reversed some of the, a lot of the shit that we complained about in the Lester cut. So yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to, to kind of gripe about. The only things I'll say is one, I was, I appreciated that it, they paid off that joke about Miss Tessmacher looking for the bathroom in the yes. Fortress of Solitude yeah. in this yeah. one rather than it, that kind of being like a, a throwaway line. And just overall, her and Lex being much more of a presence in this version than like Lex in particular feels like almost an afterthought in the the yeah. uh, Lester cut. She still disappears. She does, yeah. In this cut, but like, and also she doesn't get as sopping wet as she did in the first one in a white dress, <laughs> which is also a bonus. But like, it's a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. For this movie. <laughs> but like she's fucking hilarious in that role, and I wish they'd done more with her. Like brought her back for the fourth one and that kind of stuff. Although she mm-hmm. might have been sick by then, I don't know. But yeah, no, like every like it's just everybody's got good chemistry in these movies. It's hard to compliment any specific pair because you're like everybody kind of works together. Like Clark yeah. and Lois need to work well together, work perfectly together. Superman and Lex need to work well off each other. Fantastic chemistry between Gene Hackman and Christopher Reeve. Same yeah. with Stamp Brand- and Christopher Brando Reeve. Even uh, Brando, Brando's fucking Brando. Brando, Brando and Stamp. And, yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman and Stamp. Obviously, we've complimented fifteen times. That's yeah. just two fucking master thespians, though. Like, yeah. Gene Hackman and Terrence Stamp, like, but nineteen seventy nine were basically like journeymen, massive, massive fucking stars, yeah. right? Like huge actors at that point. So yeah, like they're at the peak of their game. Like Hackman's crushing it in these movies. Like he's fucking hilarious, and he's barely. It looks like he's barely trying, but yeah, yeah. he's having a good time. So yeah, like the acting's fantastic. This is so much better edited. Mm-hmm. The writing, obviously, like the rewrite they did to turn it into the Lester cut, obviously fucked this movie. Like just right in the mouth, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and just made so many scenes just fucking like not make any sense narratively too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is a much better like it. it Superman two is still a flawed movie just based on like a number of little like little nitpicky things, but I think this is the superior version of it. I just wish there was a version of it that didn't have the the turn back time. Either Superman one needs to have a version where the turn back time is gone, or this version needs to not have the yeah. turn back time. It can't be in both. And make like, this a nicer it has to happen watch. in Superman one because it totally does because yeah. Lois yeah, dies Lois otherwise. Yeah, well, that's what I mean though. Like if you're gonna or you do cut it, out do it, that it, whole sequence with Lois being in danger, or you just that, make it peril. so that he he saves her as yeah, opposed yeah. to killing her or whatever. But yeah, like it, it, I wish those two like that's why I was talking about like redoing these as like an animated or something. You know what I mean? So that you have that version of this story that's a hundred percent cohesive because you don't have that now. You get Superman one. And then you either have the Lester cut, which is dog shit or not dog shit, but like it's kind of flawed, like very flawed. Mm. And then you have this version of the movie, which doubles up on the ending and still has some problems just based on like the way it was made, because it's not a proper theatrical release that was properly edited and had all the time, the effects and everything was shot for it. It's kind of a hodgepodge. So, yeah, like they're basically even to me (laughs) just because of that almost like this is probably like a half a point better than the other one kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So, what, what in that case, what is your ten or out of ten rating for uh, the Donner cut of Superman two? My problem is that I don't remember what I gave Superman two <laughs> the theatrical cut. I think I gave it a seven, so I'll say a seven point five for this. Whatever I gave the last one, add point five two is basically what I want to say. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. For me, if I ignore the time reset ending, this is an yeah. eight out of ten. With that, yeah, I think I think I agree. I think I would go a full point up if you excised that yeah i gotta stop saying that cut out the spinning like the time travel thing again yeah that would be a full point as it stands half a point basically yeah oh yeah with with that sort of as it stands i that takes a half point off me so i'd say like seven and a half out of ten it's definitely i I definitely gave the lester version like a seven out of ten although in retrospect compared to this i might revise that down a bit to like six and a half or something or six maybe even six out of ten i may have said seven based on like nostalgia but it yeah. definitely like in retrospect looks more like a, a six compared to this version of it yeah and then like i'm like i don't want to say this is that much better than it but it kind of is yeah, like it's it's like watching it again with like an with an adult set of eyes that is like studied film and stuff like this is a better movie just because like it's a movie where people interact with each other it's coherent and it's coherent so like yeah this is a much better sit i guess yeah. i don't know just the material that they cut back in really makes it feel a lot more like the first movie in terms of tone, which uh-huh. is good because, you know, as we discussed at the time, like that's Superman. The movie is one of the great superhero movies of all time. So anything that brings this movie closer to that is an improvement. Agreed. All right. Well, with that, we can move on to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something that we enjoy that we think that you might enjoy. So, Mark, what is your Geek Cred for this week? I had a couple things I was going to talk about, but like just I'm just going to recommend another YouTube channel. I've been recommending tech channels. I've been having this like frustration because now I'm back in St. Catharines with my family who are all fucking tech illiterate. <laughs> Go educate yourselves about the technology you're using every day. I don't know. I'm, I, I was at the point where I was yelling at my sister because she's yelling at her kids about not knowing how to use a computer. And I'm like, they should be teaching this shit in school at like yeah. kindergarten at this point. So my recommendation is go watch some gamers Nexus stuff. Like go listen to tech. Jesus. Steve tells you the truth. Steve is life. He knows basically everything there is to know about computer hardware. He's got beautiful Brown flowing locks. And <laughs> I don't know. He's just a really chill dude. I like listening to him talk about tech stuff. And that's where I get a lot of my tech 
information from. Like my hardcore tech news comes from Gamers Nexus mostly exclusively because Steve is a very no nonsense kind of YouTube host. And like, I mean, sure, people like Linus and like Jay's Two Cents and there's Bitwit and all that kind of stuff. But like Steve on Gamers Nexus is just kind of like some people think he's boring, but I'm like, yeah, fine. He's boring because he gives me all the right fucking information the first fucking time. And I'm not getting, you know what I mean? He's just good at it. So yeah, straight shooter. Yeah. I'm just recommending a YouTube channel. If you are into tech gamers, Nexus, that's where I get my information from. So my information is always fairly accurate, I think. So, you know, and I'm stealing it all from Steve, stealing it all from Steve. <laughs> Steve's the man. My geek code for this week. I've been watching dear white people on Netflix, uh, which oh. is a few years old now. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've watched through the first season. It's been on sort of my watch list for a while, and I just kind of finally pulled the trigger on it. And I'm sort of partway through the second season now. But it's just, it's really fucking smart. It deals with a lot of, like, nuanced and intersectional issues about race, uh, around, like, race and sexuality and class. And, like, it's genuinely fucking laugh-out-loud funny a lot of the time, too. So if you're looking for, like, a way to you know, maybe educate yourself on, on some of those types of issues, but still be entertained while doing it, then I strongly recommend it. All right. So with that, we can finish off this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to tell us what you thought about this episode, about Superman two, about any of the things, Superman two, the Donner cut about any of the things that we talked about, about Gina Crano being a fucking transphobic idiot, asshole, whatever. Oh, and, and before anybody posts it, I saw the thing about Matthew Good. We're canceling him too. So like I've had to burn my records and shit. Like I, I saw that too. Everybody. Oh no. What did he do? Uh, apparently he's like serially been abusing women like his entire oh, career Jesus. and his current like this current the girl that he was with just recently Haley just came out and like blasted him on Instagram and then like 17 other people came out and I was like well that's weird because now I got to cancel basically my favorite recording artist so oh that fucking blows oh yeah so that was, it's been a day basically oh, Jesus oh also uh follow me on instagram mt underscore roulette i'm like i'm getting close to a thousand followers i can use that thousand followers guys <laughs> um it'll help me sell prints and shit where you which you can buy at blackgreengallery.com uh last podcast and all my weird spooky shits going up in the next couple weeks nice. so if you liked any of the weird like gig postery things that i posted recently yeah, and you wanted to buy a print shit, of those yeah uh those will be going on sale uh the next couple weeks we're just trying to i'm finalizing printing at this point basically which is mm. the big big hassle for me because i'm such a fucking picky asshole when it comes to my finish so <laughs> yeah anyway cool uh yeah so if you want to talk to us about uh any of the things that we discussed tonight then you can do so on our facebook page which is facebook.com slash dance podcast you can get us on twitter at dod underscore podcast you can email us at dance dance podcast gmail.com if you're not already subscribed to our podcast you can do so on google podcasts apple podcasts Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be found. And um, if you are enjoying our podcast and you think that we have funny shit to say and we entertain you, then share the shit with your friends and get us more listeners so that we can do more cool shit and keep doing this. So with that, we'll say goodnight, Mark. Have a good one, guys. And this is Tim saying, just don't set any snakes on fire, even if they bite you. It's just a mean thing to do. Yeah, it's not good, man. Snakes yeah. are your friends. We like yeah. snakes. Exactly. We don't like snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> but like, yeah, don't burn them. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So. All right. We will talk to you next week. Later. <laughs>